0: Maybe a little controversial, but my biggest pet peeve and a chore that I feel like I have to do daily is logging on to com and editing Austin's terrible
1: Are you kidding article. me? <laughs> <laughs> you, ne- you very...
2: Cause this is insane. Oh
1: <laughs> game. When God. I first started, Justin said he very rarely had to edit my articles compared to some other writers. I'm not going to name them. I lied. There's like... Yeah, I was like, I know that's Cap.
0: I know <laughs> that I lied. I lied
1: that your, that your articles were good. But... No.
2: Hey, guys, it's Terrence Mann. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go Nose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a.
3: He-Dub
4: in the house. So know, we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No
2: Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi,
0: this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose.
2: This is Terrell Fleckley. You're listening
3: to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody.
0: But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime
4: Sanders. The
2: great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, bro? man? I, I could wake up to that greeting
4: every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole
1: Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day.
0: James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. FSOD, Florida Player, Die, and Go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up?
4: What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Hear the Sphere, presented to you by No Game Day. We are here on Tuesday morning. We have a big commitment on the offensive line with us this morning. We actually have Nate Greer, the big Discord man, our recruiting insider at noelgameby.com with us, along with our lead writer and editor, Dustin Lewis, and our lead basketball writer, Austin Veazey. This is a lot of names to keep naming, but what's happening, guys? How y'all doing this morning?
0: Hey, at least you didn't forget Austin's name this time.
1: Yeah, you know, we're making progress.
4: Nate, first time I I, I texted you last week. I want to. On the podcast,
2: real quick, real quick. Time.
0: You sound kind of quiet, Nate. Speak up, boy.
2: <laughs> now man. Uh, you...
4: All right, hold up, Dustin. You can't talk to a father like this. Yeah. Meant to say man, but I said boy. So. <laughs> no, man. No, man. I'll, I'll correct. Slapped. I'll
0: correct myself.
2: I have to smack the shit out of you if I see you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: No, Dustin started getting his cloud back because he's back on his hashtag follow for follow train on Twitter. So he's a little yeah. high. He's back on his high horse today. That, so uh,
2: that second ball budgeted some bad decisions, man.
4: Dustin, you gonna show up to the
0: tailgate? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm driving some food. <laughs> you know me. <laughs>
4: Exactly. Well, uh, we actually have some pretty good stuff to talk about. Uh, Obviously, earlier this morning, three-star offensive lineman Bryson Estes has committed to Florida State. FSU fans should be pretty happy this is an offensive line commit. Uh, He takes FSU over the main competitor with Missouri. Uh, Looks like he'll be playing inside at the next level. Got to keep an eye on Georgia to make sure that he doesn't offer, but Nate um, you, you've been kind of close with uh, Estes for a lot of his recruitment. Uh, give me your thoughts on the commitment and uh, what you think he can bring to the field for FSU. I
2: think that it is a, a solid commitment for Florida State when you look at the board. Uh, he does offer vers- versatility. Uh, he's a guy that can play inside or out. Uh, when you look at the fact he's only 6'3", uh, I think that realistically he's only an inside guy. Uh, because he doesn't have the long arms that a a shorter tackle would need to have. But he's a guy that can play center. He's a guy that can play either guard spot for you. You know, Florida State likes him. They've been on him for a while. Uh, When he was on his visit pre-COVID, he thought about making a decision then, but they did not offer at that time. If they were offered him then, he would have made his uh, commitment on that visit. So uh, after that visit, the shutdown came. Uh, He was offered in early May, and when he was offered, that kind of put Florida State over the edge. He knew what he was going to do. He really did like Missouri. Uh, Their country staff did a great job recruiting him. Uh, Stayed in in touch with him a lot. They've been there throughout his whole process, but it came down to um, proximity to home, FSU, in what Norvell and Coach Atkins are are doing and what they plan to do at Florida State. He really likes how Atkins teaches. Uh, Atkins, for people who may not know, um, brought in a professional to teach him how to teach different people. So, you know, for those who are in the business world, they know that not everyone is the same and people act to differently to different leadership. So, you know, he spent a lot of time molding himself and how he can develop his people. So he knows as a, as a coach that it's just not, I'm the coach to do it this way. He really wants to connect and and build these guys up as much as he can. So that's something that Estes was sold on very, very early with, with Florida state. And we look at him on the field as a product. Uh, is, is he a, an immediate guy? No, he's more of a second or third year contributor for Florida State. I do think that uh, he would be a backup plan to, to Jake Slaughter if you know something happened with Florida. I don't see it at that at this time with Florida flipping him. I uh, put it in the Discord that uh, Jake Slaughter compared himself to Zane Herring and how uh, they both grew up Florida fans, but Florida came in too late and, you know, they had built a relationship with Florida State and it was not going to happen. So, but I do think that is a possibility, slight, but I don't think it does. But SS gives Florida State a little uh, wiggle room in that he is rated a center uh, on the recruiting sites, but he's a guy who probably played guard for Florida State. So, um, you know, him and I have. Been chatting for a while, you know, put it in the Discord over the weekend. Uh, We knew this was coming. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a long time coming. You know, once that commitment happened, or I'm sorry, once that offer happened, uh, he he knew where he was going to go. So he just kind of made it official. Um, Coach Atkins did tell him to take his time, and I think he wanted to make sure he was comfortable not being able to take visits to the other schools, probably help Florida State's cause. I do think he will take some visits um, just to see what else is out there. And uh, from what I understand, Coach Atkins has supported that decision and even is the one who told him that he should still take visits because he has not had the opportunity to see other schools to compare Florida State. So uh, uh, it's a solid commitment for FSU and a position in need. I think they need to continue to look at the tackle spot. You know, that's where they are severely lacking, but they got a really good center and they have a versatile interior lineman that can play either spot inside. So I believe this bumps FSU into the top 20 on the composite.
4: Sweet. I want to, before we jump into I want to let Dustin give his take too on the Estes commitment. But if you guys aren't in the Discord yet, I highly suggest you do. Nate has been giving great info along with Nico and Dustin. And they are Austin, too, on the basketball side of things. I'd try to throw some nuggets in there here and there. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you're not in Discord, you probably kind of got an idea about this SD's commitment a couple of days ago. This is Tuesday morning, so you probably got to couple ideas of who it might be committing we kind of hinted at it but uh, like i said nate, uh, nate has been the head guy on um this commitment from sds so i highly suggest you join in the discord if you ever want the discord feel free to just tweet us or dm us on any kind of platform we'll hit you guys with a link it's free and it's good information from these guys but uh, dustin what are your thoughts on the sds uh, uh commitment and you know obviously florida state fans as a whole will Probably have a good rest of their day this Tuesday.
0: <laughs> yeah, looking at Bryson on film, I mean, he he's a very aggressive football player. Uh, very, he's good at having a low center of gravity, getting up under guys, and providing a powerful punch to put them on their backs. And he's also athletic enough to be a pulling guard, which I think is an underrated skill for alignment. Not everyone can pull out and be able to get to the defensive backs and things like that and get up to the next level. But just going back over to Alex Atkins real quick. I know Estes is a three-star coming in, but really offensive linemen are the hardest position to evaluate coming out of high school. I mean, you see Mm -hmm. five stars bust all the time. You see three stars make the NFL level. You see guys that weren't even ranked, you know, become all pros. And Mm -hmm. Alex Atkins, I mean, coming over from Charlotte, he's a great developer of talent on the offensive line. That's something we haven't really seen out of a Florida State offensive line recently recently the talent never develops. I mean, you have highly rated guys coming in and then not really doing much in Tallahassee. I think that could change under Atkins. I mean, he just put Cameron Clark in the NFL just before he left Charlotte to come to Florida State, a guy he coached um, last season for the 49ers. And I think he's primed to do even more at Florida State with more talent in his hands. And um, this is just another piece of talent for him to
4: mold. Real quick, Nate, before we move on to the Norvell Situation, Marvin Wilson. What do you think? You you were kind of telling us a little bit earlier, and you interviewed. uh, You've had a lot of communication with Estes. Uh, He kind of wanted to get his recruitment over with before the end of summer, but it's kind of early into the summer, obviously. Yeah. Do you think what, – what do you think kind of happened there between FSU and SD? Do you think he just kind of wanted to end it? He was tired of the recruitment process and people hammering him and text messages. I know you always tell us that these kids receive so many texts every week, but you think uh, Bryson just kind of wanted to end it and call uh, home the college?
2: I think that maybe, maybe played a little bit of a role. Um, you know, he does enjoy the recruiting process, but also the constant contact is a bear – And, you know, when you're receiving hundreds of text messages a day, it's it's a lot to deal with. I think mainly it just came down to he's known for pretty much since he took the visit that he wanted to go to Florida State. The offer in early May kind of sealed it. I think he just kind of wanted to take some visits to make sure. And when the dead period was extended through the end of July... I asked him then, "Hey, does this change your your time frame?" He said, "Probably. I don't know yet. I, I need to I need to talk to my my parents and see what happens. But I think when the July 31st end, end date of the dead period popped up a couple weeks ago, I think that was the end of his recruitment. He he knew where he wanted to go. I just don't. I, I don't think it's that he wanted to wrap up the process, so to speak." I just think that he wanted to make it known that he's wanted to be a Seminole and that this is where he wants to go. He hit on Georgia a little bit earlier. Um, you know, he, he did grow up a Georgia fan. Um, our, our early conversations when he popped up on the radar uh, as a recruit was uh, very high on Georgia. Uh, you know, Georgia right now has... Some high fit, high hanging fruit, so to speak, they're going after. So I don't foresee them offering pricing, but if they do, that, that would be something to look and watch for. Um, that would give FSU probably a major headache.
0: And yeah, real quick, I was just wondering, do you think uh, Florida State's current momentum on the recruiting trail maybe had a factor in him deciding to go ahead and pull the trigger now?
2: Yeah, he's formed a really good relationship with uh, Jake Slatter. Uh, those, those two guys are getting along very well. Um, I think that he sees what's been going on um, with with Florida State gaining some momentum. I think he just wanted, wants to be a part of that and, and, and wants to be a part of the guys who's helping to now build the class. Because he talks to guys who FSU has been actively recruiting. So while he was not in the commitment, he's been talking to guys like Sean Bray. While he's not a commitment, he's been talking to guys like Don or or Burrell. so so I, I think that he just wanted to make it official. so mm-hmm. gotcha but He's a great kid. He really is happy to be a knoll. Um, he's wanted to be a Noll for a while. He wanted to be a. he wanted to commit, I think on that visit because he had such a great time, but it's hard to commit to your school if you don't have an offer. <laughs>
4: Mhm, makes sense. So let's jump into the beef of uh, the last week or so of FSU talk. Obviously, the Marvin Wilson um, situation with Mike Norvell and the statements that both sides have made, and they've come to a conclusion. It seems like the team has grown. I don't want to beat a dead horse here because I'm sure a lot of podcasts and sites and tweets and discords, everything have blown up about it. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we've heard a lot about it. We know kind of what went down. It seems like a big, major miscommunication. If you guys were in the Discord, I was up late trying to get some intel on what was going on. I actually talked to Tashawn Reed. Tashawn has been on this podcast. Uh, he's been on here a few times, I think uh, I think he helped actually preview this last season with us. But Deshaun, uh, I talked with Deshaun, He was the one that actually interviewed Mike Norvell, and um, and this is where Mike Norvell made his statement that he had talked to every player uh, regarding the George Floyd um, situation and uh, the murder there, and and also Mike Norvell stated that he talked to every single player. Um, but there, there was a big miscommunic- miscommunic- miscommunication. If I can speak correctly, um, between uh, that interview, Marvin Wilson, the rest of the team, and it sparked a whole conversation when Marvin Wilson tweeted saying that, um, you know, that that that's not what happened. Mike Norvell did not talk to every player and in, on this on the team, uh, and so so it kind of created a whole, you know, huge thing on Twitter and as it should, I think FSU fans get really worried about things and it's FSU Twitter. And that's the usual thing if you've been on that if you've been on that kind of group the last eight years, you know how things can blow up really quickly. But this happened at midnight. So stock I talked to Tishon. He told me he has a, he had the voice recording of Mike Norvell saying it and everything. So it's completely true of what Mike Norvell stated and in the interview to Deshaun, okay, we get that. Um, obviously, in Marvin Wilson's tweet, he noted that there was not going to be players uh, going to workouts. They will be standing back, um, and they'll be going on strike from going to the workouts. I was told while that was happening that if, that players will be there, including a starting defensive player would be there in the morning no matter what for workouts. Um, and then I talked to someone in, inside close to the football crew Program And they said uh, that this was a generated message from Mike Norvell, which, I mean, everybody has learned about it now. Um, If you're in the Discord, you would have learned about it first. But this was a generated message from Mike Norvell. um, And it was a message that would allow players to open up and express how they felt about the situation with George Floyd and the police brutality movement that's happening across the whole country and the world right now. Um, And... Obviously, talking to over 75-plus you know, players is just not likely. It's not uh, reality. Uh, so, obviously, Mike Norvell did not talk to every player. So, there was a major mis- miscommunication between Marvin Wilson and Mike Norvell. Um, it seems like they were trying to handle that really late at night. Mike Norvell was up trying to talk and talk with players and along with Marvin Wilson Uh, Once we hit the morning part of it, whenever they're going to start the meeting, uh, the meeting was held inside the IPF. Uh, They were granted access there because they were wearing masks. They were following the safety guidelines. Um, There was a lot of rumors that there may be some boycotting going on. But from my side of things, and I think the rest of the NG staff here, we were getting word that everybody was in attendance. And then just a few minutes later, I learned why that was true because Marvin Wilson, uh, obviously the one, Marvin Wilson, the player, the star, the leader on the team, uh, actually advised them uh, to come in and attend the meeting and told them to go attend. Nobody should miss a meeting. Go attend Mike Norvell's meeting while he talked to this, uh, the players and whatnot. So, um, That meeting happened, and from what we heard later on throughout the rest of the day, it seemed like things went very well. Uh, As you're seeing now from interviews, and Marvin Wilson talked to the ACC Network, he said that the team has grown closer to their position position coaches, and I think also Mike Norvell, too. Uh, I have a note here real quick until I get the takes from the rest of the guys, but I have a note here from a player um, uh, immediately after the meeting saying... No, Everything is straight. Uh, they had plans now to help fundraisers along with help the community, also younger guys uh, trying to get to college that are in some poor uh, poor um, communities to help them and go out. Also, to hold everyone accountable to go vote um, is something uh, that the player told me that they're going to try to do and make a movement there on the team. Uh, they said they've grown as a team and they're ready to get back to work. Um, Norvell is their coach. They love their coach. They've liked what they've had from Nor- Mike Norvell once he's arrived the last couple uh, of months. And they said that they've grown as a whole uh, with one another. Um, and they said they're super excited about the fall and they want FSU fans to stay excited. Things are going well. So that's kind of the rundown of it on the timeline of everything. But if you guys want to give your takes on the whole situation, um, just pretty much it seems like the team has grown from this whole kind of miscommunication situation between Mike Norvell and Marvin Wilson, obviously the biggest star on the team.
1: I, I think, first of all, it's important to say it's good that these players have a voice and that they can make an impact just outside the locker room. But it's it's looking back on it, it's something I think... I wish it would have been handled inside the locker room. It shouldn't have been something that made national media. I think this isn't like any inside information. I just think Marvin Wilson saw what was happening with Clemson, where the assistant coach called a player the N word and he, he didn't want the same thing happening with that where it got swept on the rug for three or four years. Um I, I think that's kind of what he was going for there. But again, it's good he has this voice and but on the same hand I I kinda wish it was handled just inside the locker room.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It it definitely should have been something that was handled privately, but at the same time, I understand why Marvin Wilson wanted to handle it publicly, if that makes sense. But now uh, it seems like everything's been resolved for the most part, and um, it, did, it did affect at least one recruit. We'll get into that in, in a little bit with some stuff from Nate.
2: So that my reaction is a little bit... You know, Florida State still moves the needle nationally. So, you know, a Mm -hmm. a team that's been eighteen and twenty over the last two years is all over ESPN for two days. And and, and, you know, as we talked about in our little Discord last night, you know, that's where a lot of these kids get their news. You know, when you talk about recruits, we'll talk about one here in in a few minutes. Um, So, so their perception of what is going on is, is what's being reported, but you know, forty-eight still moves the needle. Um, you know, this was the first time the entire team was together, um, due to, to COVID. So position groups have been sticking with each other. Um, the the team has not been in one room since everyone came back. So they had to kind of get permission to have this meeting um, and That was a, a little bit of a battle Early in the morning um, But this was the first time the team was actually together Since They came back if um, they call it a protest They uh, I, and, and I think what was really good Was that Norvell took 100% ownership He did not um, Put out a half Ownership statement He t- stood up in front of that team And said hey I messed up Um Tashawn was everything Tashawn reported was correct, and uh, you know how I said it. What, what was not correct, and I, I apologize for that. And I think that you know he did tell the players. Now I have to own, I have to earn your trust again. So I think him standing up in front of that team and putting it all out there. I think that you know the players kind of have a little bit more respect for him. Instead mm-hmm. of just, like you said, sweeping it under the rug like go, what's going on at Clemson. Uh, <laughs> I, and I, I think the team's 1% better. You know, uh, on, on unconquered Talk, we had Kalen Deloach's dad, Rob Deloach, on, on our podcast that night, and he kind of gave us a, an inside view of what happened. Um, he was actually not in the meeting, but he was up in Tallahassee when that was going on. Um, and, you know, the way he kind of told us was that before all this happened, there's been progress. Um, the team has gotten better. There's been progression off the field. But now there's some motivation and, and there's some togetherness, saying that they're 1% better. And another thing was that this was the first time some of these parents got a chance to meet Norvell on that Zoom call that they had. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, I, I, I think while publicly um, May could have been handled differently, I, like, like the other guys, I understand why he did it. Um, but at the same time, what came out of it, I think, it, it, it's a team that is a little bit more together. It's given a little bit of an opportunity for Norvell to reach out to family of, of the team, which he hasn't had before, having a spring practice and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I think the the end game is better for Florida State after all this happened.
1: And honestly, Norvell handled it pretty well. I Absolutely. Mean, he, he, he The statement he gave was great. He seemed proud of Wilson for using his platform to do what's right. And like you said, taking ownership, I, I thought it was a great statement. But for him to handle this kind of pressure in a 12-hour time span, if that, I, I was fairly impressed by it.
2: Imagine if it was Willie Taggart. Oh, Taggart, we'd still well, be not. waiting on the statement.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Dustin, did you have to say anything earlier? I think you're um, the one to say maybe. No, but okay. I'm I have one. on. I was, one. Right, I was going to say <laughs> I was going to say something real quick. Asante Samuel immediately, obviously, your starting corner, is probably your. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a CB one uh, heading into the fall. Uh, spoke real quick on IG live immediately after the meeting. They had a workout um, right at ten a.m. The meeting was at nine. They had a meet- or they had a workout at ten. This was at eleven a.m. Dante Lucas, Amari Gaynor, and others were also in the video, but. Uh, Asante Samuel said it straight up. He said, we're working, man. All oh, that ESPN, man. We're working. Y'all are tripping. Don't believe everything you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how, I mean, media blows it up. Uh, I mean, we're also a media outlets. So, I mean, this is what we're supposed to talk about. Some media outlets take a little bit too far with things, obviously. But uh, he's just saying it straight up. You know, what was handled is a family. We handled it as a family. Uh, soul family and and we grew from it pretty much and you know tired of talking on it talking about it let's move on i do think there was also between players too i think there was a little bit of confusion between the players and also their teammate marvin wilson they kind of weren't on the same page i mean this was at midnight um so kind of guys woke up to this are like whoa hold up real quick um and obviously they're respecting Marvin Wilson and, and his opinion and everything. And so, like Nate said, this meeting was huge, and like uh, Mr. Deloach said, uh, you kind of grow more as a team, and you become closer going through these kind of situations. But Asante Samuel, you know, he started seeing the media talk about it, and that was a, <laughs> that was only a couple hours after the uh, after the meeting. He's like, let's move on, let's get to it, we're working, everybody just shut up, let's get going.
2: <laughs> Correct. <laughs>
4: um, so, yeah. I, th- I think uh, I think things are gonna be I think things are gonna be fine, and um, just gotta be gotta be careful on statements and stuff. And that you know um, everything goes everywhere now on Twitter and whatnot. And uh, to Sean, he's a he's a he does a great he does a great job with writing. Um, he now is covering the Raiders, and there was an interview straight up with Norvell, so there was no errors there. And um, things happened, but this team has gotten closer, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing to see and. Um, I think FSU fans should should be should be fine Han- things will ha- were handled quickly, but like Nate said, things go to national media and ESPN so quickly when it comes to FSU. We got a friggin coach saying the n word at Clemson, and we haven't heard a damn thing about it on from ESPN. I and mean, and, and that's, Jesus Christ.
2: Let's also before we move on to that, that if that was here in Tallahassee.
4: I guarantee oh, man. It'd, be up it'd, three be a- it'd be written up at 3 a.m. Yeah.
2: It, and there's nothing for them to talk about right now. So, what? Is, there's no sports. So, everything is just beat to death on on all, all the morning talk shows where they have to employ all these people to talk about the same shit over and over.
4: Yeah. It just, I mean, we'll, we'll jump real quick and give y'all's thoughts on. The whole Dabo Swinney situation and his assistant to the head coach position—the the guy there that is—that said then word and all that. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Because I think everybody already knows about it. If you're on Twitter, you know. If you're on Facebook, blah blah blah. I'm not going to keep beating a dead horse. You already know what it is. But what are y'all's thoughts on? <laughs> I mean, Dabo Swinney—he gets away with everything. And then he wears a shirt. <laughs> I mean, this. I mean, if this was Mike Norvell, anybody. It would be all hell break loose in Tallahassee. You'd have reporters there in minutes. Uh, But Dabo Sweeney wears a shirt while on vacation, wherever the hell he is, wearing a shirt saying football matters while he knows he's getting shit on by Twitter and social media after his assistant coach and things before and players calling him out and whatnot. But he decides to wear a footballs matter uh, shirt in quotes. On his on his little tee. What do you what are y'all's thoughts on that, real quick?
0: Real quick. What kind of what kind of pompous asshole is on vacation right now? <laughs> <laughs> Adding to the Dabo hate.
4: Oh, well, I think also FSC Twitter is doing their job right now. I think they're trying. Our
0: Dabo was almost trending by now.
4: It was, it was trending in some states.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah. Um. Any take on the Davos Sweeney?
2: Uh, my opinion is that um, it probably would have been washed aside had he just quickly moved on and terminated that coach. The fact that he hasn't said anything speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I I'm one of the guys who thinks that Davos Sweeney is a great used car salesman um, who has this great public persona, but behind the scenes is, is a typical uh, college coach that was gonna do anything to win football games. So uh, this God first, God fearing man is, is a facade for me. Um, I, I don't buy it. I think that the more he hesitates on, on responding and saying something, I know he says something today, which after two minutes I turned it off because it just made me want to vomit because it was so generic, and I felt it wasn't from from him. I felt it was probably generated from someone up in the Hudson uh, University, you know, P, you know, PR or whatever, you know, whatever you do to save your face. But I, I, I think the fact the guy's not fired yet, um, you have more players coming out and saying more, so where when, when, when the smoke, there's fire. Um, I, I, I do think that uh, something is a ride there, but he could have cut it off by firing the coach and putting out a quick statement. He has it, which shows guilt for me.
0: Yeah, and in my, in my opinion, how how someone responds to a mistake is really what shows their true character. And like you said, Nate, the way Dabo is going about this is completely wrong. Um, he, sh- he should have fired that coach, he should have made more of a statement, and probably some kind of commitment to help the community after, mm-hmm. and the fact that he's doing nothing, while well, whilst in there on vacation, all this is going on, <laughs> and wearing the shirt, come I on mean, now, wearing that, yeah,
4: with the shirt, wearing that, oh, that's so stupid, <laughs> man, I mean, it, it's laughable, like, I don't think about it all during the day, but now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, it's so,
0: i mean, so ignorant.
4: ignorant, so ignorant,
0: what is he doing? So you see the way he's responding to it, and then I, and you had the Mike Norvell situation, which I mean isn't even close to as big, obviously, <laughs> as what Dabo is doing with. And Mike Norvell, I mean, in my opinion, he made a very sincere apology, acknowledged what he did and what was wrong, and how he spoke was wrong, and I don't know, made made a commitment that Florida State's gonna come out better out of this, and the team rallied around him and. I guess the team's kind of rallying around Dabo at Clemson right now, yeah. but like you said, like you said, Nate, it feels fake.
1: They're having they're having to use Trevor Lawrence to save face for Dabo, which is all he crazy put was a heart. He quoted Dabo's the the
0: Dabo video thing with just an orange heart.
1: Well, That's he he also tweeted something the other day. I don't have it in front of me, but he said something about <laughs> that with not being racist and things like that. Yeah. But it's like well, he
0: said he w- he's yeah. worn the shirt for months in meetings. Yeah. And people are like NCAA violation. They've been having meetings. It's just
1: it's one of the most tone deaf things I think anybody could have done. And he's the head coach at a very successful program right now. And some people use the excuse, oh, they're winning, so it doesn't matter. If this had happened to Jimbo in 2014, oh my god. Ooh. We would have New York Times buying out hotels.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah. They'd be scaped right outside by a bound statue right outside the moor. I mean, yeah. that's how they were when Jameis said a few words outside uh, the student union. Yeah, and I, I mean,
0: the last thing I want to do is bring religion into, into this whole thing, but... I mean, you guys know Davos Weenie is a very self-proclaimed uh, Christian. Always talks talks about and praises God on television after Clemson's uh, wins, things like that. But when it, I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, Christians are supposed to stand up for the people that are down. And what's he doing right now? Turning his back on them. Yeah, and when, so you can preach, but in the end, you got to reap what you sow.
2: He. he <clears throat> He's no different than those TV televangelists who are worth $500 million because people sit there and give them money at the wazoo to sit there and talk about religion or, or whatever it is they do. Um, he's the same kind of person. So I'm, I'm not a Dabo fan. He, he is number two on my all-time all, all list. Um, <laughs> oh, who's number one? Urban Meyer. There.
1: Yeah, probably, <laughs> right. so I'm kind of surprised it's not Spurrier,
2: but yeah, Spurrier is number three. Okay, um, but er- Urban Meyer um, is is like the ultimate in front of the camera on this, but behind the scenes, I'm just a complete and utter douchebag. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> one, one of my greatest moments in my life was seeing him driving across the Howard Franklin Bridge in Tampa and me catching his attention and giving him the nice middle finger. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's one of my, what one are of my moments. So. <laughs> <laughs> is,
4: is, is your wife near you? I'm making sure that she's not putting in your top three or top two. I would have ran him off the road.
0: But... Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: that's hilarious, yeah, no, and real quick, didn't, there's another story now of a player saying that, I mean, my Mike, co- all right, I, I, I'm just going to say what it is and then get my reaction after, because I do a bad job with that, because I already start having fumes, but the player said that uh, they were playing music inside the locker room, they were having recruits come visit, and mm-hmm. it was having profanity all inside of the song, and supposedly, Dabo, I think I'm correct here, Dabo said, turn off that N-word music. It's too much N-word, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, and that's a uh, true then, thing I,
2: I, I don't want N-word this, N-word that playing when we had visitors here. And, he, didn't, and he did not he didn't play yeah. as a parent, so how, however yeah. he said it. And he
4: didn't say it like we just did. He no. said the the <laughs> <laughs> Like... I mean, I went through high school football. I was a dumbass that was playing the the hardest music ever with complete 100% cussing, and I my coach made me do up-downs. It was worth it, though, because we got hype for games, but I was doing up-downs and doing uh, sled work for the rest of the evening going into uh, nighttime uh, for saying and having profanity, blah, blah, blah. But just, like, coming from a D1 coach, recruiting well, blah, 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 and that just kind of goes down, and, and you're talking to, players like that, I just, I, I don't know. Things are being hidden well. I don't know if Florida State's got to get on that level again. I mean, they never can because they're just going to get exploited by anybody, by national media, blah, blah, blah. But it's hidden very well in Clemson right Clemson's now.
1: Clemson's in the middle know. of nowhere. No one can get there.
0: Well, <laughs> dude, they're uh, the same kind of thing is happening over at Iowa, and it's a much bigger deal than what's going on at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're... But- Regardless, I mean, I think it's the strength coach, right? Yeah, the strength coach. But yeah. I think it's a good thing that this stuff is starting to come out amongst college football because these are the kind of people that we need to get out of the profession.
2: I, I, I've always felt that it was going to be a skeleton in the closet that was going to kill the, the, the Clemson run. And I, I I think we're starting to see some of those skeletons come out.
4: Yep, I think so, too. So en- enough of Dabo in that situation. We'll let the FSC Twitter. They're, they're doing their thing. The Army's after him. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens, so we'll keep an eye on it. Fight the good fight, guys. Exactly. So hashtag Jay- fire
1: Dabo after every tweet, please.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no matter what the tweet is, this ice cream's good. Hashtag fire Dabo. Just <laughs> like the hashtag blame Jameis was on everything. That yeah. was, uh, we, we could have a whole conversation about the meltdowns of... FSU and, you know, the PR there at FSU is in trouble, too. But we won't get into that. Uh, Also, Jane Lars-Woodby made a statement, too, today. I suggest you guys go check that out. Um, Also, I think he's one of the biggest leaders on FSU's team, too. And I think he's got a big career ahead of him. If it doesn't happen on football field, it's going to happen off outside of the field. Um, He's got everything set up for him after football is over. he's He's a good guy. Uh, but let's jump into Dustin. I think you were kind of leading us into what may, the Norvell situation and, and Marvin Wilson situation, what may lead into a guy that might not be picking FSU anymore, who might've been FSU lean for, uh, yeah, before
0: we talk about Jaden Lars would be, um, one potential impact of, uh, the whole Norvell scenario, could be Florida State losing out on a potential Uh, four-star. Four-star tight end Michael Trigg released his updated top 10 over the weekend. And Florida State was not amongst it after Trigg was uh, supposedly a lean to be a Seminole in the future. Um, Florida State was supposed to meet with Trigg on Monday night to, I guess, kind of discuss things and um, bowl over the situation that occurred and In the process, Florida State offered two tight ends on Monday night. So, we'll see how things shake out. Nate, what have you heard about Trigg? Because I know you did personally speak with him and had some nuggets to put in the Discord.
2: Yes, I I reached out to Trigg. I had been trying to reach out to him um, just to catch up with him for a normal update. And I asked him, you know, hey, are you still looking at Florida State? And he sent me the no, uh, I am not, with a screenshot of the New York Post talking about the whole uh, Norvell, uh, Marvin Wilson thing and said that this is crazy. And, and I put that in the Discord and there were some disagreements if it was legitimate. I did not put the screenshot in. I put what the quote was from Trig, and come to find out it was, it was true. So, again, if you jump in that Discord, you would have known a few days before his list came out, but um, contrary to to some people believe, yes, Trigg was leaning towards FSU. They had done a very good job recruiting him. Uh, We'll see what happens this week. I'm not really going to look at two tight end offers and think that it's a done deal. I just think that it's a coaching staff with a plan that if it doesn't go well, they'll move on. Um, theres a suck to lose a guy that's a perfect fit for Norvell's offense? Absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna believe that Trigg is the best tight end, uh, in the country. And he may be, he's for sure the best tight end to come out of Florida since Nick Leary. Um, he's that good. Uh, you know, this could be hopefully the only, uh, negative impact from that whole situation. But, uh, more to come on that. I'm hoping to talk to Michael after that whole Zoom meeting happens. Um, but right now, Florida State is out.
4: Any take on that, Dustin? Are you are you worried? Are you nervous about the tight end position? Or no? I mean, Florida State does currently
0: have Jackson West committed, who's a guy I think will rise up the uh, recruiting rankings during his senior season. And they also have a pretty good shot. Land, Aaron Outley. So I think as long as Florida mm-hmm. State gets two tight ends in this class, they'll be pretty set. Um, if Triggs available to, to get in the fold, I think they'll take three. And um, they're still evaluating, so maybe there's another guy they like, and they can take three if they take less at another position. But really, in the end, it'll just end up being a numbers game, but I think they'll definitely mm-hmm. take at least two. So regardless of Triggs here or not, I think Florida State will be okay, but it would be good to have them.
2: You know, you cover recruiting for a while, and, and you Kind of learn that these kids are reactionary. Right? These kids are teenagers, and um, part of my gut tells me that this is a a, a reactionary mm. decision. Um, part doesn't have all of the details. Um, you know, I said it earlier: kids who just read and listen to ESPN form their opinions off what I feel is a biasness towards FSU. Um, I think that does play a role. I do think that FSU will be able to mend some fences there. Uh, I think they're going to have to start from ground zero, though, and, and pretty much be a re-recruitment of, of Michael Trigg. I, I don't necessarily think it's over, but I think right now, when you look at the the picture right now, I think that Florida State is not an option for, for Trigg because that's what he said. Uh, but I don't think it's over.
4: Knowles have offered 2021 three-star running back Katravion Hargrove, and he rushed for 205, or he rushed 205 times for 1,537 yards, 20 touchdowns, uh, 17 catched, catches for 460 yards and six touchdowns in 2019. What are y'all's thoughts on this one?
2: I talked to him a little bit before this, uh, before the podcast. And, you know, having an update coming with him. You know, he's committed to, to Louisiana Tech. Um, it, it is an in-state school. Um, it was the only visit he took before um, the pandemic and everything was shut down. Uh, one reason why he committed it, it's close to home. He's number one on the board. He gets playing time quickly if he goes there. Um, but he did tell me that um, his recruitment is far from over. Seeing now that Programs like LSU are showing interest, South Carolina, Florida, Florida State. So more big time schools that are seeing this kid's film are starting to show interest, and I think that's probably going to pull him off of that commitment. I mean, you know, he he rushed the ball 205 times, and you know he big play guy catching the ball, um, and he shared carries last year, so he was not a primary ball carrier. So. And he's a guy who took advantage of what he was given. Um, he does line up at receiver a lot. He's going to, from what he tells me, he's going to play that a little bit more as a senior. Um, he's very comfortable in the passing game. Um, admittedly, he needs to work on his blocking, uh, but through, he feels like he's an all around back. Um, and when you look at what Norvell does with his offense, you know, Gainwell was a monster as a freshman. Last year for for Memphis, whether it was coming out of the backfield or you know he caught a ton of balls, and, and Hargrove kind of shows flashes that same kind of ability. Um, you know he, he also runs track. You know so one common theme with this recruiting class is you know Norvell likes athletes. He likes guys that are or multiple sport guys. Uh, he runs a 200. He does relays. He does. The 60 meter indoor, he does long jump, he does high jump. So uh, his film does not really show a guy who's a burner. Uh, but he told me that he runs in the tens and the hundred, which is plenty fast for a guy who's you know 5'11 185. Yeah. So that, that that's plenty of speed for a guy um, playing running back. So you no, know, he he's athletic. Um, I think he's just another guy who probably would have burst on the scene during spring after what was a an evaluation period. Now schools are just starting to, to find out about him. So um, he's completely new to the game of recruiting. Um, I think this is a guy that will explode uh, as fall, as senior seasons happen. But uh, he does not know a lot about Florida State. Uh, the first two phone calls from Coach Johnson, he ignored not knowing who it was. Um, Coach Johnson reached out to uh, some people in his area and and had the call set up. So now knowing who Coach Johnson is, um, he uh, is very, very interested to in learn more about Florida State.
0: Yeah, and I mean he's a guy I really like. I got a chance to watch a little bit of his film, not a lot before he got on here, and I do agree with what you said. He's not really, he didn't really look like a burner on film, but he had enough speed to get away from guys. Mm-hmm. At the high school level, at least, and one thing that I really, one thing I like about running backs is guys that are that run physically and break tackles and don't go down out of the first hit. This is exactly what he was doing. I I watched him take a counter through the middle of the defense, and a guy hit him and guy hit him in the legs. He didn't go down. A guy like came up high and hit him. He didn't go down. Another guy came up and hit him a little low, and he shook it off. And then he went up, went up the sideline. Another guy came up. He stiff armed him. Like, those are the kind of runners I like to watch, the guys that are really trying every time they touch the ball. And this guy's very physical. He's not going to go down at the first contact. I mean, you're going to have to get in his body to bring him down. You're not bringing him down by the leg. You're not grabbing his arm and he's falling down. He runs high. And um, like I said, he runs physical. Very powerful guy. I really like him.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I like the fact that he's comfortable in the passing game which is the evolution of college and pro You have to be able to, to catch very well and a- averaging over 20 yards of catch and a touchdown, 33% of the time you catch the ball. That, that, that That's, I don't care if he's not a four or four guy. That's a guy who makes plays. Yeah,
0: and I, I watched one, he caught a screen out of the backfield and then uh, he had very good patience to kind of wait behind his offensive yes. line to get the right box, the blocks, and then cut up and explode when it was the right time. And then there was another one where the quarterback was in the run out of the pocket and he was able to get open over the middle at the high point, the ball came down with it, and then just ran past everybody to the end zone. So yeah. like you said, very good hands, very adept in the passing game. And that's a skill that Norvell covets out of his running backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like we have on the roster now, the versatility is, is insane, and that's just going to continue.
2: Yeah, if you look at go watch Gainwell. Go watch his film. And if you go watch Hardgrove, watch him back-to-back, back, you see a lot of similarities.
4: And we have a couple of questions, too, from the Discord, too, that's going to talk about Norvell's offense, too, in the later bit of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lastly, here, before we get into the uh, top three worst segment. Tonight, we're going to go through the top three worst chores. We're going to give our picks between all of us here. Uh, But before we get to that segment, I kind of want to throw in some nuggets here. Um, I've gotten some scoop here on a linebacker that I think a lot of people are expecting a lot of playing time from. um, And Jaleel McCray, he's actually down to 225 pounds. He was at 238 last season expecting to stay at 225. He's going to play at the will position this upcoming season. He's going to be wearing number 14. Um, and I think there's been a lot of talk, too, from players from what I've heard and from the inside. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of love for Coach Storm's man. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Nate's probably heard it. Uh, also Dustin. But, man, I mean, it's been crazy. To see the transformation from some of these guys. I mean, he was at 238, went to 225, uh, looks good. Um, I was able to see how he, his transformation there. Um, but he's going to go from Mike to Willis secondary. will go back to Mike. But uh, from what I've heard, too, there, there's, you know, you start getting a feeling now, this many months in with your new staff, you're starting to get a feeling on how it works, organization, the structure between coaches, position. Uh, coaches but it all starts from up top with under Mike Norvell but the, the discipline factor that has changed so far is what players are liking the most and that's where they think it is going to change this team and also they're pretty damn excited about the season because of mm-hmm. the change there at the discipline uh, situation it has been I mean I, I feel like some people hold their tongues on it but it's been piss poor discipline the last couple seasons I've said it Multiple I feel like I've said it on here a few times, and I've said it on interviews uh, with with uh, Mark Rogers on his on his YouTube show. But man, the the piss poor discipline has really caused this team a lot of troubles uh, the mm-hmm. last couple of seasons. Also, I've been told the uh, the the turnover backpacks bye bye. But that was as a recruit. Some of the recruits said that uh, they weren't really too impressed by that backpack thingy. Um, but you know, I, I kind of just want to create a conversation here. Obviously, Jamil, uh, Jalil McRae, linebacker position is one that's obviously need to step up along with the offensive line. the Last couple of seasons, our uh, shit, for four years. But um, there's a lot of young cats that are coming in. But y'all, y'all give me y'all's thoughts on on this linebacker position. Obviously, McRae, Deloge, Gainer coming in um steven dick's a big hitter coming through but you know what what maybe excites you the most about this linebacker position group
2: uh they're gonna be coached you know they, they don't have a guy who's just a recruiter um it, it, you know you got to give props for woody for for flipping that that linebacker room when he got there it, it was a utter disaster so he's done a great job of getting guys to come so you know this staff ha- has a lot of great pieces to work with. Um, you know, you, you look at, I think Emmett Rice did a great job the back end of, of last year and, and is set up to do really well this year. Um, I think McCray was a little bit underutilized. You know, in, in high school, you saw a guy who was comfortable dropping in the, in the coverage, was athletic enough to to uh, get sideline to sideline. I think he was too heavy last year, which shows of him being almost 240. I think that slowed him down. Um, and, and, and he also did a great job last spring. So I expected more of him. Um, I, I just think that it was, it was part of the, the shit show that was uh, Willie Taggart's era. Um, so I, I think you look at a guy like Kalen Deloach, who uh, is being expected to take a, a next step for this fall. Um, he's worked his tail off. He's... Another guy who's over 220 pounds fits what this team likes to do at linebacker. You look at uh, Glenn, who I, I think is a, a uh, pace setter in the middle who's going who's gonna to knock you back. And, and he's mm-hmm. also good yeah. enough to, to get on side the sideline. And, and then you look at a guy I'm really excited about is DJ Lundy. Um, he's probably my favorite recruit in, in this of, of these guys coming in. You were um,
4: close with him in his recruitment, yes, yeah.
2: Yes, so not, not because of that. The fact that the guy is a three-time state champion wrestler, heavyweight, wrestling at 220 to 240 pounds, wrestling guys up to 70 pounds heavier than him, and Jesus. pinning them in, in 10 seconds. So, <laughs> so,
4: Dustin, would you have any chance in that? I'm just asking you real quick.
0: I might, might be able to get to 11. <laughs>
4: maybe
2: so so <laughs> if, if you don't know in the state tournament this year in an entire tournament he his his wrestle time was like two minutes and 38 seconds and his, his longest match went into the second round so wow. so he so he's a guy who you know the physical aspect is what i think the that yeah. and, and, and that dog you know, we talk a lot about uh, on the Uncocked Talk podcast about how there's no dog mentality, and, and mm-hmm. I think some of these kids coming in are dogs. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Dix, who looks like a fifth-year senior. I, I expect big things of him. There's a lot of talent uh, at that at that linebacker position, and I, I, I'm excited to see them being coached. Yeah,
4: yeah, Chris Marv, I think is probably by far maybe my. Th- Top uh, coach that I'm excited about coming in. That's a new coming into Tallahassee, and we've talked about it multiple times. Yeah. here on here the spear, but yeah, uh, Chris Marv I think is probably eventually before his coaching career is done, he'll he'll be a head coach somewhere. Absolutely, yeah. Stephen yeah. Dix looks like he uh um, he he just kind of just wants to hurt you. I mean that's yeah. kind of the main goal, which is I I'm right there with you. I know you guys talk to, talk about it on the Unconquered podcast, but I'm Unconquered talk podcast, but I'm I'm all about kids that just want to hurt somebody. I'm completely yep. fine with that.
2: Yep. And, and, and Mark can strap on the, the helmet right now and go out and still play.
4: Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is good. And it gives a good image to the players that he's coaching. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that, that linebacker unit is something. There's a lot of young cats that are coming up, and definitely some young, young ones, too. But it's time to start looking at Deloach. We're talking about Glenn. Obviously, McRae. Yeah. Ray um, Gainer's going to come down. I think he's going to come down. He's going to be a big blitz factor too. And yeah. Adam Fuller's defense,
0: yeah.
4: uh, but real quick before we run How about into-
0: Decalon Brooks. <laughs> uh,
4: all right, let's move on to here. Dustin, <laughs> <laughs> so why do you do that to me? I am trying to keep a civil podcast happening right now. <laughs> I like uh, chaos. I know you do. <laughs> we, yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, real, real quick before we run into three worst chores uh, segment. Uh, real quick, from what I've heard insight, and I've actually had this confirmed actually the last couple of weeks, uh, but confirmed actually just 24 hours ago, uh, Hamzl Nazrul Dean is close to 100%. Since the team has been back, he, is, he has been working fully – with the team and lifts, um, agility workouts, and uh, other stuff too. But uh, real quick from you guys, you know, is Hanson Nasruddin going to be one of the best safeties in college football next season? I'm just asking you that, guys, right on the spot. But is Hanson Dean going to be the, the one of the best top five safeties in college football next season?
1: It depends how they use them. If they use them as a strictly over-the-top safety, I don't think it's going to work well. But if they mm-hmm. do how they've been the past couple of years where they're playing them all over the field, in the box, kind of as a hybrid linebacker, I think it's going to work out perfectly for him.
2: I, I agree 100%. And, and I think you have to look at the, the mental part. Is, is, can he, is he confident in that knee?
1: Yeah, that's true, too.
2: Y- usually it takes a year to really be healthy and it's not the, you know, it's not the physiology of the knee. It's the mentality part that am I okay to, to stop and plant and get up and move. So can it, is it mentally there? I think that's going to be the deciding factor.
4: Dustin, any takes here? Awfully silent.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I pretty much agree with what these two guys said. I think as long as he can stay healthy, like Nate said, get over that mental hump of having a serious injury and working yourself back through it. Um, He's primed for a big season. I mean, he's a very versatile athlete. He's a big hitter. He can uh, defend the pass and come up and stick guys in the run. And, I mean, he's he's the kind of guy you want on your defense.
4: Okay, well, real quick then, let's see if there's any disagreements here. Would Hamza Nageldean... Would he have gone pro if he didn't get hurt last season at uh, the Florida game? Yes, I think he would have
0: been
1: a top four round pick.
4: Yeah, I I would say third or fourth round. Okay, so yeah, he would have gotten paid. That's a that's not bad then. Yeah, no, awesome. I also agree. I think that really kind of messed it up. But Florida State gets a really good grab. I mean, they bring back a five star line or uh, safety with mm-hmm. Hamza. Uh,
2: I I think he would have went to the combine and killed it and got drafted in the second round. Yeah. Tackling. got
0: a couple five-stars that came back. Hamza, Marvin, Tamorian.
2: It's kind of
4: – you know what you know what I kind of think about? I love watching him on the football field. When I'm in the stands watching him in Doak, it's so fun to watch because he just finds the ball. So, like, I'm thinking offensive – like a running back uh, who has good eyes. I think on the other side, that's Hamza Nazarul, and, and he just yeah. is able to find – he, he kind of thinks of head – of where that blocking scheme is going to happen. And he knows where that running back, which pocket he's going to run to or which hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it just, that's an extra kind of talent that you usually don't get, which NFL scouts will find that when they're watching film um, and going through schemes and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm, it's good to hear though. Hamza is close to hundred percent. He's been working out with the team. So uh, if we hear anything more, we guys will give you some more insight on that in the discord. Uh, but yeah, let's run into our top three worst segment here. The topic for today is going to be top three worst chores. Maybe I'm just first...
0: spitballing here, but we need to have like maybe like some elevator music to kind of like intro this, <laughs> <laughs>
4: and then kind of like an, an
0: like an announcement thing, like
4: three worst chores. Well, do you want me to edit that while I'm up till uh, 2 a.m. on?
0: No, you can just like for this time just. Whoever's okay, for next, imagine that happened. Bang.
4: Okay, so we'll have a weird noise for Dustin whenever we introduce this segment. And we had a lot of uh listeners actually like this segment, so I think we're gonna keep it going. Create mm-hmm. a lot of good arguments here, but uh, let's jump into it. Top three worst chores. Austin, do you have one ready? I do. I,
1: I don't know if it counts as much as a chore because it's not something you do regularly. Okay. But the first thing that came to mind was pressure washing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can't relate.
1: I I had to do that a <laughs> lot at my parents' <laughs> house in Florida. Really? I hated, yeah, my dad would make me do it like every two months. I told him it. to do it. I tried. Wow. <laughs>
0: I hated
4: it. Good lord. <sighs> wow. Pressure washing. Jesus, that's. Did a, your
0: dad help you do the pressure washing? I
4: Mean occasionally, but. What do you pressure wash? The house like or the, the the driveway? Driveway, sidewalk. Okay, sidewalk. You... Yeah, <laughs> Dustin's like that's way too far away from my home to do anything nice. You know, to...
0: you don't own the sidewalk,
1: right? The city does that. Um, I mean, if it's on your property, I think you. I don't know. I don't know how that works.
2: Nah, in some places, it is a part of your property, especially in deed restricted. If it's your sidewalk, you are responsible for it.
0: Oh, well, there we go.
4: There's answers there. And
2: not a, only...
0: a real answer from a real adult.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you answered that, Dustin. You're trying to save yourself from getting slapped at the tailgate. after <laughs> your comment right off the bat.
0: <laughs> I forgot until you said something.
4: Yeah, you better. No, that's why I'm here. I'm trying to save you, Dustin. I need you. I need you <laughs> <to be> here. <laughs> I need you. All right, Nate, I think you're up next. The top three worst chores. You're up.
2: Uh yeah. You know, and you're a,
4: you're a father of two. Oh one at a time,
2: yeah, one so, at a time. So I'm yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a father of two, so one at a time, not all three.
4: No, yeah, one at a time, one at a time.
2: Okay. Um I hate folding socks.
4: Yeah, um, I had folding laundry as one of mine.
2: I, I, I have socks. You guys yeah, fold your socks? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> I just throw mine in the drawer, bro. Oh my, my
4: god. Anyway. I thought I just like, combine them both together and then I just no. throw them. In.
0: They're so no. small. What do you fold them for?
2: <laughs> Listen, okay. I well, think that's... I'm with, I'm with Nate on this one. You gotta I, fold I, the I, socks, I, man. I, I fold the clothes because I, one, I like to fold clothes a certain way. So I, I like my underwear folded a certain way, or I like my, my shirts folded a certain way. So my wife doesn't laundry, but I, I'll fold. But when you have two kids who lose socks all the time. You have probably 427 mismatched socks that are laying all over the house. So, I hate folding socks.
4: Huh? I've never. I mean, I just do like the like combining both of them and then I throw them in the drawer. Is that what you do, Dustin?
0: No, I do. I just chuck them
4: in there. Wait, just like one, like two socks, and you just throw them in there. Not like combined with the well, here,
0: them. you know, here's how you. You know, get rid of that discrepancy where it just doesn't matter. I just have ten pairs of like the same socks, so to, oh, whichever so two socks I pull out, it don't
2: matter.
1: I have so many <laughs> different pairs of socks. Me too.
2: See uh, ya. Uh, it, it, got I, classic
1: if, black.
0: I'm that if,
2: guy. if I could, I would wear a pair of underwear one time and throw it away. <laughs>
1: I, I could do that and have a different pair of socks for probably a month and a half.
0: <laughs> what did
1: Justin just say?
0: No,
1: I, say
3: I, it.
0: I don't want to know. No, say it. It's more. It's more. That's more pompous than Dabo. <laughs>
2: there,
4: there's something about fresh underwear, man. I. I <sighs> I'm I'm just glad that y'all aren't using what I already have ready. So hopefully Dustin doesn't use it. Dustin, you're up next. Go ahead.
0: I was gonna say uh, vacuuming outside.
1: Vacuuming what? outside? So Vac-
0: like I have I have like a back okay. porch that that's like carpeted. So every now and then I have to go vacuum it because it gets leaves and shit in it. And the the problem with the porch is it's got like these like the carpets over like wooden planks and the planks are all like I guess old and shit. So whenever I use go the vacuum like over it, it'll get like stuck on each plank and it it's just it's just a hassle.
1: <laughs> I have never heard of this problem in my life.
0: <laughs> I don't see I don't really do that many chores, so you're lucky I'm even participating.
4: <laughs> you're gonna get Debson riled up and he's gonna say something stupid. Wait till we get to my worst chore. He's gonna say something stupid where his girlfriend hears it or his mom is gonna hear it and he's gonna get completely cussed out by one of them. Well, I, I, Ma, Mama Lou is not going to cuss him out. I love Mama Lou. Shout out to Mama Lou. Um, but yeah, I've never heard of vacuum in a porch. I've heard of blowing, like, blowing it out. Yeah. But Just
0: wait till you hear my worst, Austin.
4: <laughs> I don't think we want to hear it. Alright, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Uh, my number one is doing the dishes.
0: Oh, number two. Oh, well, I guess it's number three. Jeez. I don't know, bro.
4: It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going one and I get my two and we go back up. All right. So now number one is doing the dishes. So, uh, I used to have two dishwashers when I was little in my parents' house and I had to do, do the dishes and then also empty the dishwasher while that was happening. And it lasted at least an hour because first of all, I spent like 15 minutes, 20 minutes bitching about it, doing it. Like I kept on complaining and whatnot. So that caused me to get in trouble. So then I was already mad. And then I, then the rest was just terrible. I mean, like scrubbing stuff and also having to put it in places and let it dry and whatnot. I mean, that, that it just sucks. So I've had a terrible, terrible um, uh, childhood of having to do dishes and, and emptying it from the dishwasher and whatnot. Uh, but right now I live with just one dishwasher, so I'm completely fine. So I'm not, I don't get too mad about it. Right, I mean, cool. it's it's like eh. Dustin obviously does not do the
1: dishes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I I do the dishes, but I do like the part where fine. you wipe the water off of them,
0: and I can put <laughs> I can put them in the machine thing and like click the button. The
2: machine
4: thing. <laughs> no, Nate needs to one talking here. Nate is someone we have to look up look up to, and he is married. Thing. He actually got married. So Nate, who washes his dishes and who dries them and who puts them away.
2: So. We put them away. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we use the thing called a dishwasher. Um, okay. and, uh, <laughs> we, uh, again, we have two kids who will get a cup of apple juice, take one sip, and it will sit there for the rest of the day. So we'll go get another cup and we'll fill it full of milk. And then we'll let the milk sit there for three days in the bathroom. And then it turns curdled and they want to bring it into the kitchen and then they spill it, so then you have curdled milk. Sure me. <laughs> so <laughs> so we do dishes every day. Long story short. So our our dishwasher runs... Um, we usually run it in the morning, and whoever gets home first uh, empties it and refills it back up.
4: Yeah, Dustin, want to remember how to do that, or when to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, if you were Nate's kid, you would have been kicked out between by the first forty eight hours. Probably the first twenty-four after you called him a boy. <laughs> if I was Nate's kid,
0: I'd probably be dead.
4: <laughs>
0: nah. He, he would beat my ass, dude.
4: Nate's not gonna say anything, but he's just nodding there like yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Yes. See you at the tailgate. Anyways, <laughs> all I right. all right, my number two. It's simple, and y'all probably give me heat for it, but I mean, I'm the dingbat that is like will continue to put the trash down, but taking the trash out, I think that's number two on my list. Dude. I have to con- I just continue to pack it in. I keep packing it in. I keep packing it in until it's completely <laughs> overboard. There's water dripping out of holes at the bottom. It's whenever I take the trash out. I feel like that's just one that I really don't want to do. I really don't have time for it. I don't want to go outside, (laughs) probably raining. I just don't want to do it. Can't relate. That's why you just hang
1: all your natty ice boxes on the wall instead of throwing them away. Yeah.
4: Damn, that's tough. I did get a few critics on IG Live. They did roast me today. But, you know, while I am recording, I do have one in my hand, but it makes for a better conversation, Austin. You don't hang up your chocolate milk uh, cartons up on your wall, do you? <laughs> no, no comment. Good to know. Perfect. Dustin, uh, you're up next. What is one of your top three worst chores?
0: Um, number two would, like, literally have to be number two. Cleaning the toilet, you know, especially after a couple weeks. Not my favorite. <laughs> Not my favorite activity, especially because now we have uh, It's just me and my girlfriend. I don't have a kid, thankfully, yet. Um, but we have two toilets in the house. One's hers, one mine. That means I'm responsible for my own toilet bowl. And like we like we've talked about already, I'm not really responsible as it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <So>. Glad. <laughs> do to get
0: into the nitty gritty, but.
4: So, I love how you say that you have to clean the bowl after you go number two immediately, right?
0: I didn't say immediately. I said, I didn't say immediately. Like, if it's been like a couple weeks, you know, it it could be a little bit of a hassle in there.
4: Okay. Hmm. Take that as you will. (laughs) I don't think anyone wants to keep thinking about it, honestly. My number
0: one chore is going to be worse. I'm telling you guys.
4: I can't wait to get to it. Not. Um, Nate, what's your uh, next one? Number two, top three worst chore.
2: Putting shit together. Uh, I I am not the person to put together furniture. I'll do it, but I cuss the entire time. Um, I have zero patience for it. Um, you know, so I'm not looking forward to uh, putting together the dress that we got today from Ikea. I know it's going to take like four hours because I hate doing it. So, yeah, I hate putting shit together. There's always a missing piece. Yes. Always. You know, you know, There's always one really important piece that
0: you cannot find.
2: Or one or extra your screw and you're like, fuck, where, where, where does this come <laughs> <start?" laughs> you know, like from? If it falls apart, it falls apart. Yeah.
4: <laughs> that is true. Right, do you ever uh, read the pamphlet? Do you ever oh,
2: read... yeah. I, I, I have to. Do you... Because I am not very mechanically inclined.
4: <laughs> do you ever... Is it also the part that you hate this story because you take criticism from the others around you while they give you, you know, heat and uh, trash talk you while you're putting it together, but they're not even helping you while yeah. you're putting the shit together?
0: Uh, like what's, it, what's it taking so long for? Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Have you all ever seen the Bill Burr uh, comedy bit where he was talking about um, putting together furniture um, mm-hmm. yeah. and arguing with his girlfriend about? You know, I, I, bought the, I bought the fucking thing I'll go buy 10 if I need to. You know, it's just the frustration <laughs> that it, it is of putting together furniture while you have a side seat driver the whole time. It's not fun.
4: I, 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 I've seen that, and I do agree with you. Although, I do not have a spouse with me or even a girlfriend. Austin, or Dustin, sorry, Austin. I almost said that you had a girlfriend. Um,
1: <laughs> hey, I wish he's got Austin. his hand <laughs> lefty and righty
0: wait Dustin oh, Amala Henderson oh my god <laughs> wait till we get to my worst chore Austin
4: <laughs> I don't want to know uh, but okay Dustin just proclaimed Come that for you. Uh, damn <laughs> Jesus what did Austin do to you he's your basketball mate Oh, seriously! God. To
0: me, about my first chore.
4: (laughs) Dustin comes right after you. Anyways, I just need to proclaim and put out there and state that Dustin said that Austin's girlfriend is his right hand or left hand, whatever it is. Um, Austin, what is your second top three uh, worst chore to do?
1: I mean, I said it earlier, its folding laundry. I I don't know what it is about it. I just—I don't have the attention span for it. And it'll just, it'll just sit in my room forever until I finally get the motivation
4: to do it. I kind of agree. I'll keep it in the hamper for a little while, and it'll probably a little while means two days. I
2: can't, I can't stand it.
4: Yeah, it's like it can, it can be done in ten minutes, but I feel like there's like that ten minutes I can be utilizing where I could probably save the world in those 10 minutes. Like, I, I'd rather do that than...
1: <laughs> I usually just spend those 10 minutes sleeping. That that seems like a better use of my 10 yeah. minutes than folding laundry.
4: Yeah. By the way, I can't wait for you to go to work in the morning. We're up here at 1230. Or- oh,
1: yeah. I, I, I appreciate it.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: awesome. Uh- <laughs> I hate everyone. Uh-
4: well, Nate's in the kind of the same boat. He was on his off day and he came on the podcast, but somehow he got stuck into this. But you know what? Nate is yeah. laughing. He's having a good time, so he can't complain.
0: Right.
4: Exactly. And Work I- on
0: Wednesday morning will be tough. Awesome.
4: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, all right, Austin, you give us our third now. You're going back down.
1: Yeah, and it's also another similar one. It's one one that's already been said. Just cleaning the bathroom in general.
4: Oh, okay. Just just the
1: tub sink everything it just gets so nasty and grimy in there if you don't keep it up which i'll be honest i'm not the best at This
4: just no wonder, man no wonder those tender dates haven't been staying over yeah. longer mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah
4: keep going no, no that's it that's mm. it that's it yep. <laughs> that's it i completely agree clean the bathroom i don't want to do because the bowl like if you don't scrub that every friggin' week it feels like you have a whole different tattoo around the bowl of the to- uh, toilet and I mean, it's so damn annoying. I mean, I don't understand it, but it just grows and it looks nasty. And then you got to go to the floor. Uh, I mean, I'm just a guy. I'm at my own bathroom. So, like, I have stuff on the ground. I'm not going to say anymore. (laughs) But uh, you just got to clean up really well and vacuum. And it's just too much work. And then your toothpaste hits the uh, mirror. So you got to wipe that off. After a while, it's a lot of work. Um, and I, know, I don't even want to look at Dustin's uh, bathroom. I don't know about you, Nate, but I don't even want to look at Dustin's bathroom from what we've heard about his cleaning.
2: Um, no, but, no, based off what, it's probably got like two, three <laughs> gold McDonald's bags and shit in there. You what, know? <laughs> in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I That's Austin's house. Oh, oh, Jesus. Uh,
4: Austin's going to stay silent for the rest of this.
2: <laughs> I literally
4: hate
1: everybody. I don't know why I'm still here.
4: Here's the deal. I've I've met Austin and Nate both in person. Dustin hasn't yet. So once he meets both y'all in person, I can't wait. Someone's gotta give him a pop pop, please. What did
0: I do? Nate Nate started it.
4: He did kind of. I just deflected. <laughs> I would say more of waterburger bags in Dustin's bathroom, but that's it. That's all. I don't I'm...
0: have. Let's let's clarify. I don't have any bags in my bathroom. Okay. What would they be in there for?
4: Because you
1: I me mean, a trash bag.
2: No, because you are uh, <laughs> flying high, and it's too lazy to, <laughs> to throw in the trash. So fuck it, I'll throw it in here. <laughs> I'll get it in the morning, and then one turns into two. A week later, you got. <laughs> you, you, you got a mouth the waterburger cup on your uh, kitchen counter. <laughs>
0: that's, that's an interesting theory. <laughs> I think it's a good hey, hey, I
2: I was in college too at one time. I know how it goes. I'm not in college, bro. I don't know. I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was there for six years. He's not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I
4: love how he's trying to put that out there. <laughs> You've been in there for a good while.
3: <laughs> uh,
4: <laughs> yeah, you better laugh, uh Nate. You're up next. What do you got? Your last one. Top three worst chores.
2: Um, I would say I hate bringing the trash in from outside, like oh, the empty. That's tr- not bad. Like like the re- the recycle and uh the empty trash. I'll let it sit there for two days before I bring it in. <laughs> that's All your right.
0: number one worst chore.
2: Nah, no, that's number three. I wouldn't order. My well, number one socks, man. Oh, we went
1: three to I, one. Yeah. I didn't really have an order to mine. So, yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, man. Just well, it kidding. Like,
0: that's my easiest
1: chore.
2: I hate it. I mean, I'll I leave
0: it down there for a couple days, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that and checking the mail. I just can't stand it. I hate it.
0: Yeah, because you it's checked, like, all right, you know? Monday, Monday, there's seven things in there, and you go out on Tuesday, and there's nothing. Dude,
2: my not my, what you're gonna get. My, my mailbox Dude. is like 500 feet away, so, and right now it's yeah. 200 degrees outside. So, yeah, my Dude,
1: mailbox is down the street. I hate it.
4: Dude, I don't even check the mail. I give it two weeks, and I, all right, maybe three weeks, and I do check the mail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't check it that much. I'm not getting really anything important. Um, yeah, I'm not getting any Clemson uh offers from dabo sadly in my mailbox Damn. so but yeah i i, I just kind of had to dismiss those uh, during my high school career uh, i was getting too many uh uh mail too much mail from Clemson, texas alabama so i kind of had to cut them off Nate kind of got old after a while
0: you were I'm probably sure. running out dear mailbox hoping someone's in there
4: <laughs> yeah TCC,
2: yes, <laughs> finally. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you mother. Ever.
4: You know I made <laughs> next I'll gate. <laughs> I'll give you a beer. How about that? All right, hold up. Uh, Dustin, you're up next. All right, this is the one that he keeps on hyping up. What's your third one that Dustin said that Austin should be worried about? Right, Top one's This one's, sure. this one's a, a little nasty. So what? What's your? What's your? What's your worst uh, thing here? Is that it? Editing Austin's articles is your top three worst chore. When all he has to do is slap on a picture and send it. It is pretty funny, though.
0: Um, my number one worst chore is, uh, you know, having to tell my girlfriend to do all the other chores. <laughs>
1: I don't know which one of these you're leaving in.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not leaving this one so he gets in trouble when he's uh, at home. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, you're top
0: editable podcast?
4: Yeah, this is all raw. Uh, so Dustin just stated that his top three, his number one top chore that he hates the most is telling his girlfriend to do this <laughs> of that. Wow. And editing Austin. And editing Austin's posts. Wow. I mean, you're you're coming out when, when he does decide to write something. yeah. <sighs> Okay, now, go. hold on now, Dustin, what are you doing now? I'm to keep Austin at com. You need to shut your big old mouth. It's all because of follow for follows that he's put out on Twitter, Austin. All yeah, because-
0: Austin Austin came at me first. I don't start a fight, but I, I- What? Hold up.
4: They're going to
0: have to Back handle up.
4: DMs. I feel like this is some kind of Discord argument. Y'all just <laughs> mad I didn't
0: fold my socks. You got mad
1: about my vacuuming outside. That's it. I didn't get mad at either. I'm just saying, I can't believe those are chores. Wow.
2: Hard life, man. It's a hard life.
4: (laughs) It's tough. Uh, My top three. So, uh, one of mine in the top three uh, is is probably, it's probably honestly going to be doing yard work. So, I feel like definitely in Florida. Stuff grows immediately. It grows quick. Everything is going up. It's terrible. You cut it and then immediately goes up. It's terrible. So keeping the yard looking good, make the neighbors happy. I'm always outside and the neighbors look at me. They talk at me. I'm in college. My roommate's in college, but they're always looking at me. They look at me disgusted because we have a couple ferns that are way too high, blah, 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 blah. But I, I feel like hard work is trouble. I mean, it's not like I'm vacuuming my porch like Dustin is, but uh I feel like keeping up yard work is uh, is a hassle time does that not a hassle nate
2: uh it's part of my uh package uh, of rent i don't do yard work
4: okay okay you let other people do it yes okay i
2: hate i, I hate yard work though that yep. would be on my list if, if i had to do uh if i had to do that i did it enough as a kid
4: yep exactly that's what i'm yeah.
1: learning in florida it's pretty bad up here at least where i live in north carolina the grass just does not grow unless it rains so we only mow the grass like once every three weeks so it, it doesn't bother me that much
0: so. i just enjoy letting my neighbor's property value plummet <laughs>
4: <laughs> dude dustin's asking for everything in this episode yeah. he's a and i hope we get the most listens that we've had in a couple of months from this episode we should nate greer is on here. So we better keep blowing up right here with listens. Uh, But yeah, that's going to finish off the top three worst segments of chores. We're going to continue this segment starting next week. Like Dustin said and suggested, I'm going to put in some weird noise before we start the segment. So be, I guess a little bit more intriguing. I don't know, but uh, Austin you're in here. Obviously there's been a big discussion inside the discord uh, inside the basketball recruiting nuggets channel. Uh, regarding Musa Cisse, the five-star center uh, basketball recruit, is there any updates there regarding you know maybe some play there between FSU, LSU, Memphis, and others?
1: Yes, yeah, so he was supposed to commit end of last week after he, after he reclassified.
4: Good lord! Oh my <laughs> Nate! I think it might be Nate's uh, headset. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even moving.
4: There you go. I don't know. It went into that zapping yeah. thing. That happened in the back cave last night. Okay. But you're clear now. You're you're good.
1: All right. So i will just restart. Um, yeah. Musa Chise was supposed to commit end of last week after he reclassified. He moved his commitment back to some unannounced date because of what he says is the social situation going on in America. It's, it's a great reason. No. His voice needs to be heard, but it, it's not his time right now. But it was also coincidentally right after Dick Vitale said LSU was about to get hit with a notice of allegations. Uh, Oklahoma State just got theirs. Louisville got theirs a few weeks ago, if not a month ago. Um, and a lot of analysts said that if he ha- he hasn't committed by the end of the weekend or earlier this week that you know, they might start changing their predictions. Florida State's long been in that top two, top three Apparently, he's cut his list privately to three schools, whatever those three schools are. it's. I think it's going to be LSU-FSU-Memphis with maybe Kentucky, um, but it seems like an LSU-FSU race. It's kind of what we're hearing from everybody, but it's a very quiet recruitment, which is rare for a guy that's a top-ten player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've reached out to literally everyone I can that has that would have information. And everyone's like, it's literally just him and his high school coach. That's that's all I know right now.
4: Is the dick by th- uh dick by tell thing uh, credible? With you know, so, we haven't heard a lot because LSU said that they've kind of uh, shot it down.
1: Yeah. So their senior athletic uh, senior athletic director said they hadn't gotten their notice of allegations, and apparently there's. The NCAA, the NCAA has an inquiry, inquiry out on the football team as well, and I think they want to deliver both at the same time. It's no secret that LSU basketball is getting their notice of allegations sooner rather than later. It's just not sitting on the desk or on the fax machine as we speak. Um, it, it's, it's certainly something to monitor, um, and I do think it's making Chise reconsider. He has great relationships with that staff. Um that could stem back years. His hand his handlers and that staff have a great relationship. Um, and that's kind of what national analysts are saying as well, you know, that relationships, even if LSU gets hit with penalties, that relationship's so strong that it may not matter. It may not matter.
2: You ever think about him going to the G League?
1: It's weird because you know, some of these other big time prospects that have made the jump to the G League have when they've announced their final schools, they've included the G League. Yeah. When Chise announced his top six, he didn't have the G League in there. He said a few times he wants to play in college and have the college experience. Mm-hmm. But to that point, if he does want the college experience, why go to LSU when they're probably going to get hit with the postseason ban? Right. It's, it's it's a really weird recruitment. I, I've i never seen a recruitment like this, one that's so quiet and we're standing in a June when the signing period began, began in mid-April. Um, I, I think he's going to get a G League offer. If he doesn't already have one, I, I know it was rumored he did, but it was never confirmed. Um, he, he's probably gonna get the G league offer, especially if LSU does get hit with penalties. probably like Cade Cunningham got with Oklahoma state. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if he'll take it. I, I, it's really up in the air. I don't think he would though.
4: So if you guys are in our discord, um, we put out a message saying, Hey, throw us some questions. Um, And we got quite a few here also, one from Twitter. Uh, I think Dustin got one. But if you're in our Discord, I think we're going to do this maybe weekly whenever we get on here uh, and answer your questions straight from the Discord. We have blew up here, but we got quite a bit. So we'll run through these kind of quickly, but we'll we'll try to throw a lot of intel in here. But uh, straight from Twitter here, I think this came from Dustin's maybe. This is from FSU Garnet Gold, uh, and he asked, what are you guys' most wanted recruits for this cycle?
2: Uh, I'll, I'll go first. So I got 11 guys who I would want. If FSU could get anyone, of course, number one would be Amarius Mims, tackle. Uh, Payson. that may happen. Uh, Keon Coleman, I'm a big fan of his game. Uh, He's a guy that averages 35 yards a catch and a guy that averages a touchdown every other catch. So he's a huge big-time playmaker, um, a guy who can stretch the field. Um, I I look at uh, Lee Hunter, a guy who can come in, plug the middle. Uh, Terry and Arnold, I think um, his game is just developing. He's going to be a better college player than he is at high school. Uh, then think you look at James Williams down in Miami area, down South Florida. I think he's the best safety since Derwin to come out of Florida. Uh, J.C. Latham, need all the help on the line you can get. Uh, Dylan Brooks is a pass rusher. Um, Brian Thomas, a wide receiver from Louisiana. Um, if you have not watched his film, go watch his film. He's phenomenal. Um, really fun to watch. And then uh, Bram Walden. Um, going over to, you know, from Arizona, he's going to Oregon. His film is some of the funnest to watch. He's probably the meanest offensive lineman in the, in the country. Um, his, his film is just 10 minutes of, of blow black pancakes, just annihilating people.
0: And yeah, piggy piggybacking off of Nate a little bit, I would say uh, two, two guys I want to see in Florida State's class that are realistic options, uh, Terry and Arnold, who he mentioned, and also Amari Harvey, who I think is another really talented safety in this class, a guy that's a hard hitter. I'm a little biased because both these guys played at uh, Florida High in Tallahassee. That's where I went to high school. Amari's still there. Terrian went literally right across the road to uh, JP2. I think it'd be really big um, for Norvell to land both these guys right out of the a to really jumpstart. Well, not even jumpstart. Continue the momentum of this uh, 2021 class. It be big to keep the local guys home, especially two guys that are as talented as them.
1: And since I'm, I'm a more basketball gal, I mentioned a couple of basketball recruits. Um, we've already talked about Chise. Obviously, everybody wants him. Uh, if he could land for this cycle, that'd be great. They're kind of already looking for 2021, though, and I think the one guy I'd really love Florida State to land is Michael Foster out of Hillcrest Prep in Arizona. Um, he's a guy that's been mentioned to me for about a year now that is really interested in Florida State, and Florida State's matching that same interest um i would i seriously wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in tallahassee very natural scorer for a big man he needs to work on his perimeter game a little bit but he's a very talented player and he's just it's another one of those guys that if he came to tallahassee he'd be like yep that's a leonard hamilton guy and if he's a top eight recruit right now he'd, he'd be brilliant under leonard hamilton
4: great stuff this is the next question from va null 90 from our discord he asks or is she, uh, with the practice schedule finally official by the NCAA, who would you put money on starting at quarterback come the West Virginia game in Atlanta? Let's give our thoughts. What do you guys got?
1: It, it's hard to go against Blackman. I know a lot of people have seen enough of him, but it's just it's hard to go against that experience in an off season where they've had no time to get on field, training in hardly any practice. Um, I think Purdy is going to have a great opportunity to at least definitely get that number two spot behind, or instead of Rodemaker. But it, it's it's hard to bet against Blackman where we sit right now at,
2: on Tuesday morning. <laughs> if I had to put money on it, I would I would put Blackman as a starter, but I don't think that he's going to have a very long leash. Um, you know, where they. One of our questions here is about Norvell's offense. Um, you know, he does not fit what Norvell likes to do in terms of accuracy, quick decisions. Um, I, I don't think he fits Norvell's offense, but I do agree with what Austin said in terms of the lack of, of, of preseason and using a guy that has two years of starting experience will will be the guy going into the first game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I pretty much agree with you guys. I think Blackman is going to open the season as a starter if he holds a job throughout 2020. That's just something we'll have to see based on his play. But I do think, you know, you said he's not really a great fit for Nor- Norvell's system. I think one reason he didn't look that good last year was he just really wasn't confident in, in what <laughs> Taggart wanted to do on that offense. He wasn't confident in that offensive line. I mean, you could see it on a lot of plays. He would rush passes because I mean he knew he was going to get hit no matter what yeah. so he just had to get the ball out and hope for the best and I think in this system where Norvell will kind of be able to tailor the offensive line even though they're not as you know they're not as good as the, as you want them to be they'll be able to put Blackman in better positions where he's not getting hit as much his confidence isn't as down as much things like that's that and he'll be able to call the little, plays that fit his play style
2: mm-hmm. I don't disagree
4: hmm. Yeah. If I was putting any money on it, like the rest of the guys, James Blackman should be the starter in West Virginia. Most experience. I mean, this is something that we've never seen before, but no spring ball happening. We were thinking that Tade Rowmaker would get a little bit of uh, playing down definitely in the spring game and try to work some reps with some guys and wide receivers. But that really hasn't been the case. Um, it's a lot different feeling when you got guys with pads coming on you rather than running in the IPF and doing seven-on-sevens and blah, blah, blah at 10 <laughs> o'clock right. at night. Um, so, James Blackman, I think he's your expected starter for West Virginia. That was pretty much the question there. Could there be a chance where Purdy starts in a game or I think Purdy over to a, a Tate Roadmaker? I mean, that's another discussion for another day. But I, I think straight from this question, I think you got to expect James Blackman to be that starter in West Virginia. He has the most experience. He has the most... um playing time with tomorrow Terry DJ Matthews um he's got he's got a lot of wide wide receiver talent there Mm -hmm. he probably knows what to expect from I mean he knows what to expect from this offensive line I really don't like what uh what happened last year with Kendall Bryles and Willie Tiger with switching off Horny Brook and James Blackman Doing that whole kind of cycle there and confusing—I mean, that changes yeah. the routes for wide re- wide receiver plays. You're going from a, a right-handed player to a left-handed quarterback. I mean, it just—it <clears throat> was a complete shit show. Um, it's embarrassing and, uh, across the country of what happened. I mean, that's not how Florida State should be ran offensively, but it showed on national television. It was a terrible idea, and it showed how James Blackman lost a lot of his confidence and whatnot. But, yeah, James Blackman, starter, West Virginia. I have 250 push-ups on it on, on Mark Rogers' show. I said James Blackman's going to be the starter. So if he doesn't start, I have 250 push-ups i got to do on live uh, on on YouTube, and uh, that's going to be really embarrassing because I, I, I don't know if I can do all those right now. Um. Let's see. The next question comes from uh, definitely not Bud Elliott (laughs) from our Discord. He (laughs) says, is this Odell's last year? So he's talking about Odell Higgins, a defensive tackle coach for FSU. Is this Odell's last year, guys?
2: I I think it is. Uh, Coming off the the knee surgery, uh, coming off – a couple of stints as an interim guy. He's been at Florida State since forever. Um, I, I don't think he's someone that wants to leave FSU in the position it's at now. Um, but I, I just think that he's, his time has come. I think he is there for a year to, to help the transition of Norvell coming over. Um, I, I just think he's done. Um, I, I think he should bow out gracefully. Um, he... Deserves a statue for Florida State for everything he's done. Uh, but I, I think it's time for him to uh, retire and go fish every day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's up in the air. Like you said, his, his mm-hmm. surgery has definitely got to be weighing on him a little bit. Um, and, I mean, he's he's put a lot of effort in over the last couple of years. Odell is a true Florida State Seminole. I mean, I remember being there for uh, his press conference the, the first interim game he, he took over after uh, Jimbo went to Texas A&M. And, man, just the passion he spoke with, how he how he feels about Tallahassee, Florida State, and mm-hmm. just the whole community, all the players that he treats like they're his own sons I mean, if it's his last year or not, I, Odell should be able to make his own decision, and, you know, he'll make the best decision for himself, whether that's continuing to coach or, like you said, going to fish.
4: On to the next question from <clears throat> Discord. Uh, this is coming from Ramrod77 77, asks Can you cover how Norvell schemes around his players, an example, different style of quarterbacks, or maybe a struggling, bad offensive line? Maybe use some examples from Memphis or Arizona State.
2: So I, I'll go. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about this when he was hired. Uh, before uh, you know my, the one my unconquered talking about you know what he's known for and, and that is a guy who is a creative play caller and, and a lot of people think is one of the smartest offensive coaches out there right now. So you, you, you look at what he has been able to do. you go back to Arizona State, his first two years there. His offense was pass-heavy at 57.1% passing offense. And that's because he had um, some experience at quarterback and and some playmakers out wide. Um, His second two years, that flipped to a 51% running offense, and that's when they had Manny Wilkins, who I believe was a, a freshman starter for Arizona State. So, you know, Shows right there that he fits his offense in, into what he has at quarterback. You know his offense is uh, predicated on on having a guy who can read the defense early. He's a he, he needs a quarterback that is accurate and can get the get rid of the ball very quickly, which is why I I think uh, James Blackman would struggle in his offense. And you look at you know adjustments that he's made. Uh, when Memphis played UCF in 2018 for the conference title game, he ran Wildcat 24 times. And that 24 times he had 210 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, a lot of chunk plays were were in that game. But, you know, when, when, when you run Wildcat, you know, that, that puts seven guys in the box for the defense. And... They ran a lot of outside zone, and they had a ton of big holes. So, you know, their UCF didn't really adjust very well. Uh, they they stayed in their base defense, um, and, and Norvell kept taking what he saw. So, again, here's a guy who looks at what the defense is going to play, and, and he dictates his offense based on what the defense is going to do. So, you know, quarterback issues – ran Wildcat 24, 24 plays. Yeah, they lost the game, but I think they scored like 52 points. Um, uh, he's not afraid to call what he sees, which is very, very um, intriguing. Uh, his offense tied in 30% of the time, uh, which you have talked about earlier. I think getting Wilson from UCLA is very big for, for this offense because uh, while he is not a Necessarily a pass catch, pass catcher. He's really good at, at blocking, and that's what Norval likes to do with his tight ends. Whether they are lining up in, 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 as h back or their inline tight end, he pulls his tight he pulls tight ends in the run game. He does a lot of stuff with his tight ends um, to kind of help manufacture some some blocking up front. Uh, his offense is a run based, heavy spread. If you watch what he does, uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of Memphis tape. Um, really comes down to three things. Either he's going to run the ball straight forward. He's going to do an RPO or it's going to be a play action pass. But what he does, he does a great job of, of the smoke and mirror, so to speak, of different formations. Um, he uses the tight end to really spread that offense out. And so the defense has a lot more surface to cover. Uh, he likes to put seven in the box and, and that puts four guys covering three. So you you miss a tackle. Uh on, on, on tomorrow and on Terry, he's probably going for six. Uh he does a really good job of scheming his playmakers open it in in, in uh in space. So that's not a that's not it's not a number advantage. So three guys versus four on the defense. So that doesn't mean that defense has has the upper hand there. That means that in a fifty-two Yard wide field, the guy misses a tackle, you can forget about it. Uh, you know, when when a defense starts to kind of worry about that that extra guy up front creating gaps from the tight end, that's when he likes to go uh, above you. It becomes a two man game, um, and you know when when you say two man game, that's with a one read quick decision offense, um, and that's where if you watch Chubb and Purdy. Does very well if you watch Luke Altmaier. Does that really, really, really well um, w- with his offense right now in high school. Um, you, you need a QB that, that can, like I said, read pre-snap. And a guy who's accurate. But, you know, he he's had offenses that are running back heavy. So he's going to run 21 personnel a lot. And he's had guys who – he's had an offense that are really good out, out wide with a good quarterback and good receivers. So he runs 11 personnel. He is not afraid to, to switch it up on, on, on these defenses. So, um, you know, his running game, he, he runs inside, outside zone. He runs wide zone, split zone, does even uh, power. He does counter. So, you know, where, where some offenses are straight inside run, he, he does it all. So you're looking at five, six different kinds of, of, of ways to run the ball. For him to, to attack a defense. You know, at, at Arizona State, over the four years he was there, they averaged 40 points per game and almost 500 yards of offense. Um, mm. Guy gets it done. Um, I, I I do like how, you know, it, it, if you watch tight ends again, I said it before and I'll say it again, um, they're very crucial to the run game. Um, he'll pull guards, he pulls tackles, he pulls tight ends. It's all about different formations, and, and you know he likes the pistol. He likes the the, the shotgun split. Um, he's not afraid to try different things, but he he likes to outflank the defense, and he likes to uh, pretty much beat the shit out of defenses. <laughs> so um, good. At, yeah. One more thing, you know his his quarterback makes those easy throws. He, he does make it a one-read offense for the quarterback, so he does take apart. Take away the, the the really Jim Official offense where you have to process so much. Uh, he makes it very easy for his quarterbacks.
4: Some great insight there from Nate. Um, like I said, you guys should definitely hit up uh, the Discord. And <clears throat> whenever we're asking questions, definitely throw them in here uh, for next week's episode. Uh, next question here is from True underscore Noel 22 asks, What's your starting five? at O-line if the season started today. So any takers on that one, as in the offensive line is probably going to be shifted around just a little bit, but uh, what are your guys' takes on who might be the starting offensive line if they were named today with the incoming freshmen already here? Um, I'll,
0: I'll just start off. I'll just say um, from left to w- left to right. Geez. Um, Darius Washington at left tackle. Dante Lucas at left guard, Davion Johnson at center, Brady Scott at right guard, and then FIU grad transfer, Devontae Love-Taylor at right tackle. I've been flip-flopping between Johnson and Bacelli at center, but I've heard some stuff recently that really makes me think <clears throat> Johnson is going to step up and take the job.
4: Mm-hmm. I kind of uh, feel you there.
2: Uh, I, I agree that would be the five, but I would flip um... – Scott and Love Taylor. I put Scott at tackle. I I would put Love Taylor inside at guard. Interesting.
4: Uh, For the next question here, we've got. This is a good one. Uh, This is from V A Noell ninety with a deep backfield and a new scheme. Who would you expect to be given the most touches, uh, rushing and receiving, in the new offense under Mike Norvell and Dillingham?
2: I, I think it's uh, the Laborn's job to lose. Um, you know, there, there's always been the uh, thought process of, of if he's not the starter, um, he's gonna leave. Uh, so I, I don't think he's gonna have the opportunity going into a truncated camp, um, not having spring. I think is beneficial for Florida State, but I think he's a guy who's built for Norvell's offense. Um, he's very comfortable running up out wide in the slide. He's comfortable coming out of the backfield, catching the ball. Um, he's a he's a good runner. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, the, the, the injury set him back. Um, I, I think some of the um, off-field stuff with him uh, ha, has set him back in terms of maximizing his potential. Um, he sat behind Cam, and, and for good reason, he's not the runner that Cam is. Even though they're both five stars coming in, um, I just think they're also a different kind of running backs. I think that uh, it, it, if he can keep his shit straight, I, I think he can do very well in this offense. I I, I think he would be a primary guy. Where in, in guys like Webb and you know, you throwing a Corey Rand on on, on a you know on, on a jet sweep or something like that. But I, I think leborn could be your, your primary guy.
0: Yeah, I think it's got to be Kalan LeBourne and Deshaun Corbin at the top of that rotation. Both of those guys coming off some injuries last year. Corbin had the hamstring. LeBourne, I think it's three three surgeries on the same knee now. Really, it's going to be up to them to stay durable. And like you said, Nate, if not, you've still got guys like Anthony Grant and... um, Corey Wren, maybe Ja'Kai Douglas as well, and mm-hmm. Webb as well. So, I mean, that running back group is, is really stacked. So, even if a guy does go down with an injury, you can put another guy who's very versatile right in his place. I think Florida State did a good job adding Corey Wren and Webb before the uh, February signing period. Uh, I,
2: I would be remiss if I did not mention um, two guys. You already said Corbin, who I think that eventually will be the guy I just – I don't have faith in, in, in the board doing what needs to get done. I just don't. And then, um, don't sleep on Tua Philly. He, he's a he's – Forgot a, about him. He's a he, – he's not So a, many guys.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was going to state that it is ridiculous. And yeah. what the crazy thing is, we didn't get to see him during the spring or we would have noticed but, a lot of these guys. But I think a lot of people are missing on these guys. It's, it's expected. We didn't have a spring. But, man, Redfield,
0: what started the bowl game. So, I mean, you've still got to walk yep. on yep. down there at, you know – seven or eight in the rotation who can contribute yeah. if you need and, to get that far down.
2: And the other walk-on, Ward, who I think is better than Sheffield, who yeah. played in the bowl game. They both look a, good. Three, yeah. every, seven and a half yards of carry. Uh, and, and that was a guy who turned down lower Division one offers to come and be a walk-on at Florida State. So you have eight guys now who can play for you. Yeah, which
4: is, I mean, you know, no big deal. I mean, that's eight. Like Nate just said, that's an eight. Cats that there have that I think not. They have just a different kind of uh, each have their own kind of talent to them yes. on their tandem. Like there's multiple tandems that you could even use in different schemes. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous. We just haven't been able to see them, you know. And we're used to seeing them in practice and maybe getting some nuggets here and there and inside. Then going to a spring game and watching that, and seeing like, oh, okay, so he's most certainly going to play some games. You know, you'll go to a spring game and say, oh, all right, homeboy is going to be playing. Uh, in the fall, uh, but we we just haven't had that in the spring. So mm-hmm. uh, there, there's so much talent back there in that backfield, and it goes to show, you know, Norvell is really plugged it up where it looked really like a problem whenever we were heading in, whenever Florida State was heading into the Arizona State game. Um, mm-hmm. And now look at it now. Nate just said eight players. There's a lot of talent back there for whoever the quarterback's going to be um, next season. Uh, This next question is going to come from true underscore Noel 22 from the discord asks, who has the best chance to be an impact freshman? Pretty good question here.
2: Out of the whole class, I I would say I narrow it down uh, to five guys. Uh, Number one, I put uh, Chubb and Purdy. Uh, Chubb and Purdy is coming in to be a starter. I think that's going to be an interesting uh, competition as the season goes on. Um, DeMory Tate who I thought was a top cornerback in the country last year um, he's going to take someone's job uh, Steven Dix um, like you said earlier um, he, he's going to bust your head uh, Corey Wren just a guy who's just d- that dynamic in the open field um, who can take a a little crease and he's gone and then Ja'Kai Douglas who I think both those guys are a little interchangeable they can play uh, in the slot and they can play special teams. They can play, um, you know, that third down back. They can play running back. So I think those are two guys who are who are gonna play uh, special teams and be a mismatch that Norvell will create for them.
0: Yeah, adding on to those guys, two guys I'll bring up real quick. I don't know. I don't know if you said uh, D.J. Lundy or not, but no. You know, he's not going to start or anything next year, but I definitely think we'll see a couple hits where we're like, all right, this kid could really be something in the future. And another guy, I mean, people don't usually get all hyped up for punters, but Alex Mashermano coming in, the punter from down under. I've seen some of the videos from him, and, man, that kid has a rocket as a leg. And Mm -hmm. Florida State's really struggled a bit in the punting game over the last couple seasons, haven't really been able to stretch field position as much as they'd like to. And I think that could change with this kid.
2: Yeah, it's a different sound coming off his foot.
4: Mm-hmm. Austin, do you have any incoming freshmen you got an eye on? Making sure you're still awake. This is just kind of like a wake-up call to make Besides sure you're not Scotty Barnes.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Wait, actually, you know, hey, I mean, they didn't say football or basketball. Is Austin still awake?
0: Austin's mic is on mute. <laughs>
4: Austin's waiting for basketball questions, so like like I said, he needs to get in the back cave. And once he starts getting some basketball questions, then they'll be there. <laughs> Although he might be disconnected, I don't know. Uh, for me, I don't know if you guys noted on it. Um, I was I'm reading Twitter over here, but uh, demory Tate. So we were seeing a lot of some uprise of him, and camps a little bit near the end of his recruitment. Uh, and you know, Florida. The thing is though, Florida State's defensive backfield is pretty loaded. They always bring in talent and whatnot. Uh, but like Austin or uh, Dustin said with uh, Lundy, he might not be a starter um, right off the bat, but I think he's going to create an impact and a lot of competitiveness um, from the back of the, or behind the scenes. Um, I think he's got uh, uh, just a, a a good body for his frame as a, as a DB. And I think he's going to be uh, kind of like a guy that comes in as a young, young cat. The older guys are like, Okay. I mean, he, he's kind of got an edge on us. He's got, he's got the talent he's going to create good competition. And once fall starts, so um, he's kind of a quiet guy too. We don't hear much from him also. So uh, some, a guy to keep an eye on um, heading into the fall. Uh, all right, here we go. This is from definitely not Josh Newberg. So we have Buddy Elliott and Josh Newberg in here. We need answers uh, from these two guys. <laughs> but uh, definitely not Josh Newberg from the Discord asks, do we land a five-star recruit this cycle?
2: No. Not unless uh, Luke Altmaier gets a huge bump. Not unless they bump Destin pays on, Not unless something happens, they land. Um, Arnold, or, or, or they fix the situation with Trigg. I do think Keon Coleman is someone that will eventually be a five-star receiver. Um, you know, that would be the five that you would consider. But they're not going to land a five-star in the trenches. They're not going to land a five-star linebacker. They're done, pretty much there. Minus, uh, you know, we've talked about that ad nauseum in, in, in Discord. So, but uh, I don't, I don't see it. And that's not to say that the class would be a bust without a five star, because one thing that Norvell does well is they evaluate damn well. So uh, a, a guy who's a four star, maybe a five star in, in their system. So perfect. You think Brandon Jennings could potentially get boosted up to a five star? Nah. I I, I think there's some questions on on his, his uh his speed on the next level. And uh, I, I think that there's some questions on if he's a tweener in terms of being a, a, a linebacker or, 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 DN. So, you know, I, I don't think he'll be a guy who busts up, you know, I'll, I'll pump up my concrete talk side again. And, you know, we, we have him close to a five star. We, we like him in terms of what he brings to the tables, uh, but you do have to question the speed a little bit. And, um, a five-star linebacker's got to be able to uh, to flash more than he does.
4: The last question on the Discord is from True underscore Null Twenty Two asks: With Manny Rogers going to going the JUCO route, does that open up one more spot in this recruiting class?
2: Absolutely. I uh, uh, I think it makes getting a uh, Levet even more impactful for Florida State because now they they signed one D tackle in two years, which is you know those numbers are going to go very lopsided very quickly. Um, you know they have a lot of a lot of bodies there if you look at the, the depth chart, um, but they don't have people two to three years on the road, and that's where Manny Rogers could have came in and. and been helpful. Uh, and signing one is not good enough in, in any year. I think you always have to take two to three defensive tackles because, like offensive line, like Dustin said earlier, there's a high bus rate. Uh, a lot of guys get injured. Um, just look at Florida State and, and what they've had attrition wise there over the last two to four years. So, um, absolutely. And I would use that spot for a, def- a D tackle, whether it's Juco or, or from high school.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple interesting targets on the board. Maybe Chambray Jackson moves inside mm-hmm. at the next level. Uh, there's Marquise Robinson, who some have said is a Florida State lean. And then there's also uh, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins out of South Carolina, another four-star uh-huh. defensive tackle. So there's some talent on the board. I think uh, Norvell and Odell will be able to sell the message that Florida State used to be able to sell and get some elite defensive linemen coming back into Tallahassee.
2: One guy I really like at D-Tackle, I know some are looking at him as an offensive lineman is Cameron Ball from uh, Georgia. Uh, he, he is go watch this film. He, he's a guy who gets after it. Um, I, I think he's better as a, as a D-Tackle. Um, I, I think that's someone I would like FSU to be able to get in and, and land him in their class because he's he, he he's a monster. Well go watch this film if you haven't, Dustin. Six foot
0: five, two hundred and
2: ninety pounds.
4: Yep. Well, we're we're nearing the two uh, hour mark. We're trying to make sure Austin's still awake. Are you awake, Austin?
1: Yeah, can you all hear me now?
4: Yeah, you're back in. We okay. couldn't hear you a little bit ago, but you're back in. We were I don't know the- what happened.
1: <laughs> I wasn't even on mute, like I just Skype just messed up or something
4: don't worry we were talking about recruiting so you didn't miss out on much yeah no didn't miss such out miss out on too much but since you're back we're rolling into the last segment of the podcast we've run through everything this is probably going to be one of our longest podcasts in a little while but we're running into our bad dad jokes like Dustin and Austin always advise we probably suggest you if you want to move on and kind of end the podcast now we suggest it too but we're kind of probably gonna head into a PG thirteen slash rated R section. Um, so yeah, uh, this is gonna be our dirty dad jokes section to end out the podcast, kind of get away from sports and everything that we talked about for the last hour and a half uh, to two hours. Um, and Austin usually comes in clutch. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of this is where his talent comes through. You know, the tender game, he's gotta have good jokes. Uh, this, is where, this is where Austin really shows his true talent, uh, not through three-pointers during March Madness, uh, during warm-ups. Uh, dirty dad jokes is where he comes through.
1: It's not always dirty ones, but, you know, I, I, have, <laughs> a, I have a couple here and there. Um, <laughs> what happened to the trivia?
4: Well, here's the deal, uh, Dustin. We're, we're nearing a, probably if that were to run into a two-and-a-half-hour podcast, almost three hours.
0: How long do you think this trivia is gonna last? I'll win quick. Come on.
4: Well, if you, if you run it through, let's run through the uh, dad jokes and then we'll do trivia.
0: I want to take the lead. It's six six.
4: <laughs> oh, that is true. That is true. All right. So give us some bad dad jokes, Austin, and Dustin will roll through.
1: I mean, you know, with all the riots, all the looters, um, uh-huh. there's been a lot going on. It's been Mm -hmm. rumored that a man has been stealing wheels off of police cars, and the police have been working tirelessly to catch him.
4: (sighs) Tirelessly. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I love how how Dustin's probably (laughs) violently hitting his keyboard (laughs) to find a dirty joke because he's not even on. I'm not saying a dirty joke. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you are I've got, a,
0: I've got a joke do you really yeah
4: okay you gotta impress Nate on here Nate That's is, act- good is a awesome. dad. Nate is actually a dad so he oh. needs to be impressed. <laughs> so yeah this is our daddy joke section segment at the end our of daddy every- joke. well go ahead give it to us
0: what did the fish say when he walked into a wall Damn.
1: what all right
4: Okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, Jesus. We might need to, like, uh, dismiss this segment. Uh, have any of these made you laugh?
2: <laughs> no. Okay.
4: They're not supposed to
0: make you laugh.
4: <laughs> okay, I've got, I've got one. Uh, why isn't there a pregnant Barbie doll? Ken came in another box.
2: Hmm. <laughs> I there. got one.
4: Uh-oh. Whoa, whoa. Nate's going to unload. Here we
3: go. <laughs> Nate told us earlier
4: in the... Uh, what? What? <laughs> no. Nate told us in the producer meeting that he uh, wasn't going to uh, partake in this, but I guess he's got some jokes to throw in there.
2: Uh, What does a sign on a out-of-business brothel say? <laughs> God. Okay, I'm sorry. Repeat that. <laughs> what does <laughs> what does a sign on an out of business brothel say? Don't know. Uh, beat it. We're closed. Not
4: too
3: bad. <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: uh,
4: <laughs> that's pretty good.
2: Uh, what do you call what do you call an IT teacher who touches the students?
4: What is that?
2: A PDF file. <laughs> Get it, PDF? Oh no. my God. <laughs> Oh,
4: That's cool. Man. <laughs> we make sure Nate goes to bed. <laughs> 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 Oh my God! Yeah, that, that so we're heading that way, huh? We're heading that way. Uh, Austin, can you head us anywhere near that department? Uh, we're heading to rated R section.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, actually. Oh, uh, okay.
4: Oh, Austin knows tender game. Here we go. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, actually, a couple weeks ago, the um, lesbians next door gave me a wa- gave me a Rolex, and I think they misunderstood me when they said I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's good <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well, we're doing this is better this is better <laughs> than usual um here we go you ready uh what do you get when you jingle santa's balls uh a white christmas
3: <laughs> oh god <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: Oh, see now, Nate, this is what we do on the podcast here. We kind of get everybody like, oh, this is a pretty good podcast. I'm going to keep listening to it. And then we end it off with this, and they're like, okay, never listen to this again. Yeah. It's a great business tactic. Works out very well. But we, we got too like deep into the questions and everything. We need to have a little bit more fun here. Uh, Dustin, you've been really quiet. Usually Dustin comes through, but uh, it's been very wow. quiet lately. Huh?
0: I don't have any dirty ones, man. I, I was playing nights tonight.
4: Were you really? Yeah, I like this them. one
0: is go. shitty. Uh,
4: just go ahead and give it to us since you're embarrassing yourself.
0: All right. <laughs> Why did the man dump ground beef on his head? Because he wanted a meteor shower.
4: I just, I don't know. Uh, alrighty. (laughs) Oh, man. Wow.
2: I I got one more dad joke. Alright. I I actually told this to uh, my oldest the other day, and she looked at me like I was dumb. Okay. Alright. You want to hear a joke about construction? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm
3: still working on
2: it. Uh, 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 You're added in with
3: Dustin.
4: (laughs) You're still added into it with Dustin. (laughs) 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 Oh man, Austin, you got one more before we run into FSC trivia to end off the podcast.
1: I've I've been looking. I'm out of bookmarks. I've been looking. Uh, Um, Yeah, I've I've at least been looking for a dirty one. I've got a couple clean ones, but.
4: Oh, uh, you are a rated G, guy. rated G kind of guy. I mean, sometimes. I got a good one. Go, go ahead, go ahead.
0: What's the difference between a tire and three hundred and sixty-five used condoms?
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Oh, <I'm> <laughs> One's a good year. The other's a great year. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
4: <laughs> I knew Dustin would come to... That is the hardest work he's done on his keyboard since Follow the Follows a couple hours ago today. Um, wow. And good stuff there from Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor. <laughs>
0: I knew I could uh, come in with what the people want.
4: That could also be a good dad joke, but I don't know if he used it or not. Uh, Austin, you got one more before you jump into FSU Trivia? What do you got? Anything?
1: I, I've, I've been looking... Um I, I mean this one this one's not bad. Uh, someone asked us on Twitter why did the chicken cross the road? So uh, in, in a similar frame of mind, why okay. did the sperm cross the road?
4: Uh, why did the sperm cross the road, Austin?
1: That put on the wrong socks.
4: Uh <laughs> bro, listen to this
0: one. This one's nasty. Uh, how does a woman scare a Wait, I say, Gynecologist by becoming a ventriloquist. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the mental wow. imagery of that <laughs> got me.
1: That's, yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, Nate's back here laughing his ass off What's silently. Up? <laughs> <laughs> no, Nate's been laughing. Don't let him get away with it. <laughs> He's been laughing. Oh man! All right, so that's it. We're gonna cut this off. We're letting too many good jokes come out of the bag uh, because we're on two hours and fifteen minutes. Let's run into FSU trivia right now. It's Austin versus Dustin six six. Nate is gonna be able to come through and get his take on it too. But I'm actually. Going to go back and throw back previous questions oh my
0: from a God. podcast oh that, ever,
4: that these two have answered. They oh shouldn't know God. what the answer is. <sighs> this is where people get embarrassed and welcome to hear the spear. <laughs> to the Austin and Dustin show. Oh,
0: welcome. One of the really
4: stupid ones. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to start off easy. Here we go. You ready, Nate, Austin, and Dustin? Sure. So. All right. what year did Brian Stork win the Dave Remington Trophy? 2012.
2: 2012. 2013.
4: 2013. 2013 is correct. Everybody's right. Okay, we move on to stage number two.
0: Nate, you can't answer first, man. You can't give him the answer.
4: Uh-oh, Nate's got oh, his... Oh, here we go. <laughs> wait, nope. Hey, we're back. Nate has lost his zapping. We're back. Okay, next question is... Maybe?
2: I'm not. I'm not
4: allowed to answer. Oh no, you're. you're <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Dustin that's, that's the answer. thinks
1: I copy. Dustin thinks that copies everyone answers when I'm really just smarter than him and wait for him okay. to answer.
0: That's because yeah. then you're copying.
4: <laughs>
0: right,
1: right.
4: The tailgate should be really fun this year. Anyways, uh, the Manning Award. In what year did Jameis Winston win this as the best quarterback? Thirteen. Nate? 13.
2: 13
4: is correct. 13 is correct. I
0: thought it was
4: 2012. <laughs> Shut up. Someone – I don't know what to get him in. Water is not going to help. Uh, all right, and here we go. Doritos. Here we go. A little bit more intense. And like I said, Austin and Dustin know the answers, the answers to these. So if they embarrass themselves here publicly, then it is what it is. and is. It wouldn't what, be the first time. Yeah, we know. And I'm what year did – yeah, exactly. And what year did uh, Graham Gano? Uh, Graham Gonneau... <laughs>
0: Graham It's <laughs> <Graham.
4: laughs> oh, two hours, like I said. Matty Ice, when are we going to uh, get the promotion here? Graham. Uh, Anyways,
1: Graham.
4: what year did Graham Gano win the Lou Groza award for the best kicker in the country? What year God, was
1: mate. it? I was going to guess eight as well. I don't
2: know. It's it's
4: 2008. Okay, 2008 is the answer. Wow, everybody's on a roll right now. Here we go. In what year did Dalvin Cook win the Jim Brown Award for the best running back in the country?
1: Oh, I remember you asking this. Oh, my Uh, God. uh, 2015. Yeah, I think it's 15 because he was hurt 100. more than 16.
4: One. Zero. What's your answer,
1: 2015.
0: Dustin?
4: 2015. 2015 is the answer, Dallin Cook. Okay, here we go. Let's get to pass this round here. We have a couple of the older Knowles listening. So, here we go. 1999. In what year did Peter Work win the Paul Warfold Award for the best wide receiver in the country? You
2: just said it. 98. Ninety-eight.
4: Five seconds.
1: Ninety-nine. Four. Ninety-nine. Ninety-eight. I'm going 98. I, <laughs> I think last it? time I said 2,000. What do we got? What do we got, everybody? That's why it's
4: 99. Holy sh! Holy smokes. If I heard it correctly, Dustin might be the solo guy here. Dustin is the only one that said 1999. Nate and Austin said 1998. Peter Work won the award in 1999. Dustin takes a 7-6 to lead. Guys, he said career. the
0: answer when he read the question. Wow.
4: Did I really, though?
0: I mean, uh, the first thing did. you said before you said the question, you're like you're like nineteen ninety nine. What year did Peter Ward win the flick, flick, flick? I'm uh, like oh, nineteen
4: ninety nine Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> Here's the deal. Nate and Austin just weren't listening to me. I can't believe I never do. <laughs> Austin, we need to talk after. <laughs> uh,
2: I kind of figured they you know, the media just screwed him over ninety nine not, not after killer, so
1: you know, oh yeah. Got yeah some I, I was I always get my Dillard's things mixed up. He didn't
0: have a way better year. He had a way better year in ninety eight.
2: Yeah, he
1: did.
0: Not way better, but better.
4: Wow. So that's it. So I can't believe all of this. That is a complete story brook, or oh my god, storybook.
3: Story
4: Horny Brooks. Sorry, we were talking about him earlier where he should have never even seen the field. Uh, storybook potential right there where Dustin just took the lead 7-6. to six. I'm writing that down right now.
0: It was 6-4, uh, to four and, and since
1: then.
4: Wow. Dustin.
0: I told you tonight I was coming for revenge on all fronts, Austin.
1: Damn. Since then, you've gotten a multiple choice, a rehash of a question where he gave you the answer. I just didn't want to pay attention. And a numbers, uniforms question where he gave you questions on the roster Go ahead, make you're using up your Jesus too, bro.
4: <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, like I said, y'all handle that in the Discord DMs. Um, that's a new way. I'm just
0: right? saying. All it says is Dustin seven, Austin six,
4: and it's
1: gonna say Austin sixty six, Dustin seven by the end of the year, or whatever. <laughs> How Many of our podcasts we do.
4: It's one thirty three a.m.
1: He's
0: definitely gonna have to turn his webcam on next time. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, but yeah, I think that's gonna do it for the end of this episode. I think this has been possibly our longest episode. I can't wait to be up till probably two a.m. Ed- editing this. But uh, we appreciate, What's
0: your name, bro. It's Wednesday at noon. Or wait, Tuesday. Tuesday
4: at, at dude. Do- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, our days are mixed up. We're here in the middle of the night. God knows what day it is. What day did I say it was? It was supposed
2: to be Tuesday. Yeah, so but I guess it's Monday night. <laughs>
4: Yeah, no, it's, it's, no, it's...
2: It, it's fucking late is what it is.
4: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and
2: I want to go to bed because I got to do work.
4: Uh You're Assholes. Yeah, all right. Dawson, I'll see you in the DMs. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of this episode, thank you a lot uh, for listening. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified every time we release a new episode. We really appreciate Nate Greer coming on here. He's our lead uh, recruiting insider. He's doing a great job for us. And also, uh, killing it on the Discord, we really suggest you guys to go join that. If you want inside information, it's free right now. Go check it out. Uh, and we hope to have Nate on here uh, quite a bit more to cover recruiting because that's pretty much during the offseason. That's all everybody talks about and cares about. Um, so we definitely appreciate Nate coming out here. Um, yep. And Austin and Dustin, we'll just see you next week. Uh, but anyways, Maybe. as always, see you guys in a few, uh, and hope you guys enjoyed. The- make sure you rate star, rate it five stars. I'm a little It's two a.m. It's two a.m. Make sure you rate the podcast five stars on iTunes. It really helps a lot, and re- leave a review. Uh, and we will see you guys next week on Hit the Spear. See you guys.
2: Bye. No.